Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is AC Automotive Professional Pam Oaks, and it's time to take a 60-second break and make you a savvy car consumer. Can you drive your car with the oil light illuminated? We all make bad decisions, but one of the worst decisions you can make is driving with the oil light illuminated on your dashboard. That oil light could indicate that a sensor had failed or the pressure has reached a critical PSI and your engine needs attention immediately. That's where you need the expertise of an ASC tech to determine the problem. And don't forget to stop that engine now and call a tow truck. Not doing so can cause irreparable damage to your engine and your wallet. Lesson learned. Want to learn more about your vehicle? Visit me at carecareforthecluelist.com. Making you a savvy car consumer. Famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Ron Uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it all the way live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I love I didn't that. know you were a term, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Daddy Bunny. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? You must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Holy smokes, we have a gigantic day lined up today here on the world famous Cheeky Check Bar Radio Program, coast to coast to border to border, on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and of course, 50 plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world, iHeartRadio as well, from the KJAG Radio Studios in downtown Kansas, Monday through Friday. 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 PM Mountain Standard. Of course, 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com. Our brand new free droid app is available, JiggyJaguar.us. Stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information all on our app. Or you can find it in the Google Play Store. Welcome to the big broadcast. Selected editions will appear on iHeartRadio and 50-plus AM FM stations in the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Network. Our telephone number is 267-22-JI-GGY. On-demand, commercial-free podcasts are available. $5 a month from our homepage. It's red-linked on the website, JiggyJaguar.com. The Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast is brought to you by, in this hour, by our fabulous, fabulous friends at Pac-Mail Phoenix. They're packing, shipping, 
crating, and freight solutions. That's right. PacMail Phoenix is conveniently located at the northeast corner of 32nd Street. That's right. And Bell Road in the Phrase Plaza. We actually went there when we were traveling through to go to Las Vegas because I had some things I had to, to drop off at PacMail. They did a hell of a deal. They got it set up. It was fantastic. They are the only packing and shipping business that you will ever need. Do you need to ship your fine art? How about packing and shipping an auction purchase? Does it need to be custom packed? You have come to the right place. They are the premier packing and shipping store in the Phoenix area, and they specialize in shipping valuable and hard-to-ship items. When you ship with PacMail, you get your choice of carriers, including UPS, FedEx, DHL, and USPS, as well as a variety of freight shipping companies. PacMail Phoenix is a full-service packing and shipping store, as well as a custom crating and freight shipping company. They are located in Phoenix and proudly serve the entire Phoenix Valley, including surrounding cities. Request a free online estimate or call them at 620 620- Six oh two, sorry, six oh two. I'm just so excited. These guys are absolutely amazing. Six zero two nine seven one twenty three hundred. That's six zero two nine seven one twenty three hundred. And tell them you heard about it here on the world famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio Program here on AMFM twenty four seven That that bit there, that was not planned. <laughs> Let's hear it again. I gotta hear it again. Jiggy Jaguar, the 2008 Community Access Television Rookie of the Year, and the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show on the network and JiggyJaguar.com. Thank you. <laughs> it's the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar Show. <laughs> I'm smiling here from here today, ear to ear, baby. It is, of course, 29 minutes after the top of the hour, coast to coast and border to border. It is the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar Show. Thanks for tuning in to the big broadcast from the Transmedia Worldwide Studios in the Great Salt City of Hutchinson, Kansas. We are live each and every day, Monday through Friday, 2 to 5 Central, 3 to 6 Eastern, and 12 to 3 Pacific, 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com on the TuneIn apps and radio loyalty. Our podcast is available at JiggyJaguar.com. The Jiggy Jaguar Radio Network is brought to you by our good friends, at Jordan's Juice Barbecue Sauce. Juice it up with Jordan's. Find them online at jordansjuice.com. And this segment of the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar show is about my buddy-buddy, Marsha, 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 Marsha. Now, Marsha, that bitch. <laughs> I told you I was going to say a lot of things will get me in trouble today. Um, that that is a uh, she's a going down as they say and not in a good way um let's do this let's let's discuss what happened today i'm going to send this audio to antibert You cannot share this item. Okay, that's fine. I will just give him the raw file. That is fine. I will do that. Okay, here's what here's what went on today. I woke up this morning 
to go to the to go to the gym to lift weights with the Rob Sabi, the first night at their the first the emperor of the empire. And I get a text message from a man by the name of Joe Thompson, who is also known as JoJo, who was also one of my biggest supporters. He's very entertained by me in Salina, Kansas. Now, the story states, City supports review of Access TV, and this was posted at 3.02 a.m. It was posted by Chris Hunter of the Salina Journal, who, in full disclosure, we tried to get on this broadcast, but the Salina Journal did not return our phone calls and did not return and let him be on. Salina City Commissioner said at a study session Monday that they would support an independent review of Access TV because of concerns with the operation of the Community Access Station. Salinan Greg Stevens suggested the independent review because of concern that the station has had a difficult time finding and keeping volunteers. He said the station's contract with the city called for a review of procedures... There's a lot of turnover there, and we have a clim- climate question down there, said Stevens, a business teacher at Kansas State University of Salina. The climate could be more friendly, and the contract that was signed in 2011 had a 24-month review period that should be coming up. I think we need an independent review of what is going on down there. Marcia Stevenson, also on this program, known the world over as the embezzler. She's also known as a bitch and she is also <laughs> she's also the executive director of access tv nodded when steven spoke about the review but didn't say whether access will perform the review of course they're not city commissioner john blanchard said he was concerned that stevenson's relationship with board members may be affecting the atmosphere. His comments came at the end of the meeting when board members defended Stevenson's answers to his and other commissioners' questions. You seem to be a tight-knit group, Blanchard said. I would ask you to ask yourselves if your performance has been up to the snuff of what people expect or if you need to look at changes. More fundraising needed. Commissioner Aaron Householder who I am a gigantic fan of, and in full disclosure had a meeting with before they cut her funding, um, said Access 2011 contract called for more fundraising and an increase in volunteers. He said volunteer numbers aren't up. You know why? We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. I think Access is a shell of what it started as, Householder said. I don't know how much fundraising is going on. We were going to cut our funding and wanted you to do more fundraising. How well is that going? Stevenson said the fundraising is going well and just got started, of course. And she probably said it with her hands on her hips, with a big smile across her face like a retarded cheerleader. Um, Stevenson said the contract calls for the station's website to be kept current, but he showed a picture of the site that indicates that at least part of it hasn't been updated since December of 2012. You know, bad thing about that Drupal. Bad thing about that Drupal. It shows you when the website's been updated. I don't even know if this is a picture of the current board, Stevens said, holding up a picture from the website of Access TV's board of directors. It isn't being kept up to date. It is an easy thing to do. It's called Drupal. 
The picture Stevens displayed isn't of the current board. One of the board members of the picture, Phyllis Anderson, died in November of 2012. What? <laughs> Free speech. Access producer Carol Clark and board member Hollywood and Baldwin, which of course means... Hold on, hold on, hold on. We cannot continue. If you have been of this program, if you know what we do here, whenever, whenever Ed Baldwin's name is mentioned on this broadcast, we have to have Pool in the Gang's Hollywood Swinging playing in the background. It's just something we have to do here. Now, let's continue on here. Hollywood Ed Baldwin, the big star. The man who took me to court for free speech, but is about to stand up for freedom of speech. Uh, Ed Baldwin said access is a great community tool and is the last bastion of freedom of speech in Salida. Baldwin told commissioners that people's freedoms are being eroded and access provides them a forum where they are allowed to express themselves Hold on while I contain my laughter. Hollywood swinging! Yes, Hollywood, baby. Ted Hale said he was concerned by Baldwin's comments. I am deeply disturbed by what one board member and one producer said about losing freedoms and the freedom of speech. Oh, that's a shot down the bow, baby. It has been in the air at Access TV is not unbiased, Hale said. It is tilted to the right. I find these un-American views about our freedoms that are often associated with the extreme right wing disturbing so highly represented here among Access members. We should agree that this is a good country. Access TV is hardly the last batch of freedom of speech. That is tripe. Actually, it is both. That is my words, not his. Baldwin said he has filmed Republican and Democratic events to air on Access TV. Hollywood swinging, baby, in the building. This is called a victory lap, is what this is called. If you've just joined us here on the big broadcast, we are applauding the imminent demise. We're on the brink of World War III in Syria. But ladies and gentlemen, Access TV is about to be... Set on their way, Hollywood, Ed Baldwin. I might just change my profile picture in honor of Ed today and put up the picture of me and him when he dressed up as Santa. He might have brought me coal, but I brought them demise. Stevenson said access volunteers. Now, here, here's this. Blanchard and others took offense to the decision by Access TV. You can cut the music anytime. We're done talking about Hollywood. We'll talk about Hollywood a little bit later. Keep the music around. We're going to need it. Um, Hollywood swinging in the building. Now, um, Blanchard and others took offense to the decision by Access TV not to cover the Salina Area Chamber of Commerce and League of Women Voters. County Commission and State Legislative can candidate forum before the 2012 election. Stevenson said access volunteer became ill two hours before the forum, and she was on vacation in Arkansas and couldn't fill in. She said her vacation was planned six months in advance. Her vacation is every day. Stevenson said the League of Women Voters should have had someone available to film the forum to make sure it was covered. 
Now, of course, Marsha always takes a vacation. This, I'm sure, was paid for. Her vacation in Arkansas was probably paid for, well, you know, because she's an embezzler. Um, I'm not going to say that the program is more important than a band playing at the Paramount that night, Stevenson said. What does that have to do with a... It is not my job. It's not Carol Clark's job or Jason Gage's job to decide what happens in the hierarchy. Blanchard said access decision on the forum and another decision not to put candidate profiles up until a week before the election leads to voters not being informed. Uh, Most of them were also uh, Democrats. Hey, that's how I got elected, said Commissioner Aaron Householder, joking. Former Mayor Alan Jilka said the forum was the first not covered by Access TV. He said he doesn't appreciate Stevens and blaming the League of Women Voters. Reporter Chris Hunter can be reached. We tried to reach him this afternoon. I will try again tomorrow. Two comments have flown in. (laughs) One by me, one by Ross Long. Ed Baldwin standing up for free speech when he attempted to take us to court to silence myself and Ross Long's. He is such a what a hypocrite. Ha ha ha, things and uh, things I and others uncovered years ago are finally coming back to roost. And with that, replace America with access. America's chickens are coming home to roost. <laughs> now, uh, it's only a matter of time. When you embezzle and put out lies, exclusion, laziness, and bad karma, well, then bad karma is what you receive in return. It's only a matter of time, and the time is no longer on Access TV's side. I try not to revel in the pain of others, but this one is just too priceless. It will be quite entertaining watching them go down in flames. One reminder to Access, credit card receipts are kind of like email. They never die. Now, let me explain to all of you the listening public, what the hell exactly is going on here. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha started a little bit of a war with me and Ross Long about 2009. In 2009, we were, ex- we were, uh, we were as Ross likes to call it, um, we, were, uh, we were excluded, but we were also... Um, God, what the hell? Permanently expurgated. That's the term. And we went on a campaign to expose the lies and the BS going down at Community Access Television. Now, we went to court because Hollywood Ed Baldwin wanted to shut us up. We won. Uh, Let's see. What else did we do? We, um, We basically did all we could. We held meetings with city commissioners. And... Two or three weeks before I was forced to leave Salina, Kansas, due to basically Marsha coming up with some drummed-up BS to try to get me back in court, um, they lost some of their funding. Such a shame. Now, over the years, we've watched things disintegrate over there, and now... America's chickens. Oh, yes. Access's chickens. America's chickens are coming home to roost. <laughs> and that is where we leave it <laughs> in this first segment. Now, of course, 
Hollywood Ed Baldwin, the big superstar that he is, you're going to be shown the door. Marsha will be shown the door. You're all going to be shown the door. It's just like Oprah with the cars, kids. You get shown the door. You get shown the door. And everybody gets shown the door. Now, we're going to take a quick time out here. I talked about this at the 140 conference uh, last year about how we used social media to go after access and to expose the lies and the half-truths and the nonsense. Finally vindicated. Two, two things I've been vindicated on today. I was vindicated on the KKRP thing, and I was vindicated on Marsha. My God, it feels good. We are going to take a quick time out here. Now, when we come. This is attorney advertising. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision. Should not be based solely upon advertising. Kurt Goes and Brad Honnold are responsible for the content of this advertisement. Attention. Call now if you've had an IVC filter placed in your body to prevent blood clots, as you may be at serious risk. The FDA warns that these filters may move or break, which may lead to heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, or even death. Call now for a free consultation. Since 2005, there have been over 1,000 problems reported to the FDA by consumers regarding IVC filters, such as fractures, tearing, device movement, blockage, and breaking of the device. If you or a loved one suffered serious health complications from an IVC filter which moved or broke, call us right now, as you may be entitled to compensation. Call 800-618-4110. That's 800-618-4110. Call now. 800-618-4110. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-809-5785. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one -on -one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-809-5785. That's 1-800-809-5785. It's a minute report for America. Even as the United States Coast Guard celebrates its 225th birthday, it endures the debilitating effects of budgetary neglect with many vessels over half a century old. The organization's $8 billion budget is inadequate to its worldwide mission, which has become far more difficult as aggressive actions by foreign powers strain its resources to the limit. Those actions range from Russia's militarization of the Arctic and countering the increasing amount of cyber attacks against the U.S., responsibilities which are in addition to the service's duties to rescue those in distress at sea and stopping the importation of illegal drugs. The Coast Guard is the only entity charged with both military duties as well as civilian law enforcement. Retired Rear Admiral Terry McKnight has called the Coast Guard the Forgotten Fleet. I'm Frank Fernuccio. Read more at usagovpolicy.com on the network.
Welcome back to our big broadcast, Coast to Coast to Border to Border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty Stitcher. Of course, 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world, iHeartRadio as well. We're going to get back into it with our next segment here on our big program. Check us out on our app. It is brand new. It is available in the Droid Store or on Google Play. It is JiggyJaguar.us if you want to find it. JiggyJaguar app is available. Stream the show live, 24-7 replay, and, of course, exclusive news and programming information. And find it online today. We've got a great sponsor before we get back in to our next program here. 25 minutes after the hour. The Heavenly Bride is a romance about a dragon turned vampire. He's in love with a girl of his dreams, but she's engaged and she's a slave. How's that for frustrating? The serialized comic has just hit the end of book two. And the creator, K.J. Joyner, wants to give you a chance to read it for yourself. You can find more details at its Kickstarter campaign. That's kickstarter.com. Search The Heavenly Bride Book 2. It's by Spear Carrier over there on kickstarter.com. Check out K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. Search The Heavenly Bride Book 2. And tell them you heard about it here. Trans video worldwide. Let's get into it right now. Our next segment here on our big program. May Entertainment When I would do good, evil is always present with me. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will free me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus. I'm ready for the fight of my life. From the heart of America, a wrestling manager, the nation's number one independent voice. Where truth and cowboy logic rule. This is my boomstick. This is the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show. Where the world comes to talk. About basically the Tom Cruise of uh, authors, Dean Koontz. What's going on, Dean? <laughs> I've never been called the Tom Cruise of authors before. I think that was true, but. Uh, here he is. We got every single superstar from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. The Jiggy Jaguar. Back here on the big broadcast, it is the world famous Jiggy Jaguar you show, coast to coast and motor to border all over the world wide web over there at JiggyJaguar.com. We've got a uh, tremendous, tremendous guest with us today. Barbara Evans joins us, and I uh, wanted to get Barbara on today. Uh, we've had a lot of our uh, affiliates and, and different people uh, uh, across the nation have been uh, picking up her book, also uh, talking about her, so we wanted to have her on today. Barbara, how are you doing? I am doing very well, thank you. Well, talk. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about your uh, your incredible work here. Um, how did Talk to us a little bit about uh, how your life began. I understand you began in England. You studied at the uh, universities of Liverpool and Cambridge, and you became a teacher of biology with a passion for the environment. Talk to me about that. Yes. I mean, definitely as I was growing up, there was um, biology, science was, was my passion, and um, there was no indication at that point in time that later on down the road... I was going to become an artist. Um, so 
yes, in, in, in many senses, a very um, Western scientific upbringing, um, very into Western medicine, very, you know, passionate about the environment and um, the earth as a whole. And then suddenly life changed when, when my father got sick and um, it brought up so many questions as I saw that, and this is 20 years ago, as I saw at that time that this Western medicine that I so had um, felt a part of really was not offering what him what he needed. Um, he had cancer and it was just a very difficult time. So that opened up the question to me. I heard, it was like I heard these words in my head, there has to be another way. And that led me into a search and into different energy healing modalities and eventually into creating artwork that holds healing energy and helps people to awaken their potential um, and really live in a place of joy, inspiration, and enthusiasm for life um, and move away from, from fear. We've got the tremendous, tremendous, uh, I guess uh, you, you, you would say the Eden Method, uh, the mm-hmm. Imagine Keys now from the foundation of the Eden Method, a unique energy healing. Uh, th- 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 this is interesting. Uh, kind of break this down for me, Barbara. Uh, talk to me about the, your, your, your spiritual journey of awakening involving uh, your transformation from a high school teacher to healer, artist, and author. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this life event, and then we'll talk about the Eden Method. Okay, well, certainly the, the life event was the passing of my father, um, which, which um, took me into studying energy healing. And um, I studied shiatsu, which is um, a Japanese um, energy healing modality that is founded on the principles of Chinese medicine. Um, it's very well documented and to me was just absolutely, Absolutely fascinating that there was this other way of doing things within the world. Um, that then led me on to Reiki, which is a different type of, um, of energy work where universal energies are channeled through the practitioner to the person who's receiving the treatment, and this energy helps them to activate their own inner healing abilities and can really make a tremendous difference to people um, and their lives. And so that was the the route I was taking until the passing of my mother, which was incredibly sudden, very different to my father's experience. But again, it sent me into another searching period in my life. And that is when I was guided to start painting. And the same week as I was guided to start painting, I had discovered sacred geometry. Um, And so the two were just automatically put together in my own mind, and that was what I wanted to paint. And so from the very first painting in 1999, almost all of my paintings have been in this geometrical pattern form. Um, to help to activate and awaken people. We've got a tremendous, tremendous guest with us today here on the line. We have Barbara Evans joining us. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the Imagine Keys. 
Break this down for me. Uh, the, the website, by the way, is crystalwingshealingart.com. Talk to me about this. The image keys, um, are, as I say, are all based on sacred geometry. They all have an intention and a purpose. Most of them will have an affirmation that comes with them. For um for example, the very first one, the name of the image is Healing the Waters of the Earth. And its intention is to really help with the healing of the waters of the planet, but also the, the water w- that we carry within us as human beings. And the affirmation for this particular image is I allow the vibrations of love to open and heal my heart. And so every single image has this special purpose to it, and it helps to raise our vibration, to move us into a higher place within ourselves so we connect more with our potential and the gifts that we have, and they help us to actually manifest those gifts into the world. We've got a tremendous, tremendous guest with us today here on the line. Barbara Evans joins us talking about her work, also talking about the Eden Method, the art of raising frequency. Now, um, for, for people who don't, uh, who don't know what the Eden Method is and the art of raising frequency, kind of break that down for me in a little bit more details here. Mm-hmm. So to me, when you're talking about frequency in, in this particular type of way, I think of the lower frequencies of being fear and anger, um, greed and disappointment, those sorts of characteristics. And the higher frequency characteristics would be that feeling of inner peace, of inspiration, of joy, of love, and um, the, the sort of the difference between a really sort of yucky, yucky, bad-feeling day, and a day when you get up and just feel so alive, so inspired, and, and sort of feel as if you know why you're here. And so the, the image keys and the raising of frequency helps you to move from one place to the other. Um, as you move into more of peace and inspiration um, and joy, the the image keys and the Eden method help you to stay in that place. And we all face our challenges, so we're all always going to be sort of dipping down into those other characteristics occasionally, but it helps you to move back more quickly. We've got Barbara Evans joining us today here on the big broadcast. Talk to me about the image key paintings. They are... Um, so difficult to describe on the radio show. So um, they are all visible on my website, um, but they are very bright, um, intense colors in these geometric patterns. And some of them have butterfly wings, there are dolphins in there, um, and they're very unique. I think they're very different to the regular artwork that you, you tend to see and um, very much encourage people to go take a look. 
we're gonna we're gonna take a quick time out here with Barbara. When we come back, we're gonna chat a little bit more about uh, the the art of raising frequency and the Eden method, and uh, also gonna be talking about the inspirational uh, card deck, the empowerment cards, also the book Messages of Universal Wisdom. We're gonna take a quick little time out here, and when we come back, we will chat with Barbara some more. You uh, can check out Crystal Wings Healing Art dot com. That's Crystal Wings healingart.com we've got more when we get back here on the big broadcast There's no country like our country on CountryBlaze.com. We're the home of over 9,500 streaming country music videos with chart-topping artists. I live alone and rarely have visitors. So when I slipped and fell in the kitchen last month and couldn't get to a phone, I knew I was in trouble. Help! I could barely move. Help! I tried calling for help, but no one could hear me. As I lay there, I couldn't help but think of my kids and grandkids having to go on without me. I was terrified. It took eight hours for my neighbor to find me. It could have been the end of me. That's when I knew I needed Life Alert. With just one press of this button, I'm connected to the Life Alert Center, where I can get the help I need, even when I cannot reach a phone. With Life Alert, I'm never alone. For a free Life Alert brochure, call 800-635-4993. That's 800-635-4993. Call now at 800-635-4993 to get a free brochure. 800-635-4993. I live alone and rarely have visitors. So when I slipped and fell in the kitchen last month and couldn't get to a phone, I knew I was in trouble. I could barely move. Help! I tried calling for help, but no one could hear me. As I lay there, I couldn't help but think of my kids and grandkids having to go on without me. I was terrified. It took eight hours for my neighbor to find me. It could have been the end of me. That's when I knew I needed Life Alert. With just one press of this button, I'm connected to the Life Alert Center, where I can get the help I need, even when I cannot reach a phone. With Life Alert, I'm never alone. For a free Life Alert brochure, call 800-635-4993. That's 800-635-4993. Call now at 800-635-4993 to get a free brochure. 800-635-4993. It's a Minute Report for America. And another example of why many Americans believe that elites in government are not concerned with the average citizen, the White House is loosening restrictions on non-citizens holding high-tech jobs. The controversy concerns H-1B visas, which apply to foreign workers. The announcement was made in a press release strategically timed during the holidays to avoid much attention. The move is supported by Bill Gates, Steve Case, and Mark Zuckerberg. Letting in foreign tech workers at a time when U.S. citizens with the same skills can't find jobs simply allows big companies to slash wages. Those companies are supported by the White House, so they get what they want. American needs notwithstanding. The National Science Board consistently finds that the U.S. produces several times the number of STEM graduates that can get jobs in their fields. I'm Frank Fernuccio. Read more at usagovpolicy.com. 
Television Rookie of the Year and the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show on the network and JiggyJaguar.com. Back here on the big broadcast, we've got a uh, tremendous guest with us today. CrystalWingsHealingArt.com is the website. That's CrystalWingsHealingArt.com. We've got Barbara Evans joining us. Barbara, let's talk a little bit about the book, Messages of Universal Wisdom. Talk to me about this. Well, as I was taking the artwork into the world, people kept sort of asking me, how did this all begin? And so that was, in a sense, what, what inspired the creation of the book. And the book actually tells the story of the first 13 image keys. And within it, there are an incredible number of photographs and um, affirmations, poems, the story of each of those images. I use crystals when, uh, when I'm painting, and there's photographs of the crystals as well. And then it also, in addition to telling the story of those 13 images, also tells the story of how I came to be doing this, rather than, as in my former life, um, teaching in high school. So. We've got Barbara Evans joining us today. CrystalWingsHealingArt.com is the website. That's CrystalWingsHealingArt.com. How might the Eden Method be compared to Feng Shui? Well, I really feel that that Feng Shui um, is used very much um, to create beneficial energy flow within a space. And um, I have seen some tremendous changes and shifts within a living space as a result of Feng Shui. And then I feel that the Eden method, these images, are then able to take that space and bring it to an even higher level. Um, And that the two of them work together incredibly well. Um, Although you don't need to use Feng Shui in order to use the the Eden method, the combination of the two becomes um, very beautifully powerful. We've got Barbara Evans joining us today. CrystalWingsHealingArt.com is the website. That's CrystalWingsHealingArt.com. What is the purpose and benefits of raising frequency? Well, I think for me it is really about um, working towards one's full potential. Um, that, that everybody has amazing gifts. And for many people, those gifts stay hidden and sleeping. And this is a tool that we can use to help to access what we already carry inside us so that we can live a very full life within this world and we can contribute to the world. We can help to create the world as a better place. We've got Barbara Evans joining us today. CrystalWingsHealingArt.com is the official website. That's CrystalWingsHealingArt.com. Do you, uh, do, do, do people feel a difference when there's, uh, when their frequency is raised? Break that down. Oh, for me. definitely. Definitely. And, um, so there, there are many sort of examples of that, but if you Think of your very favorite place in nature, a place that you go to and it just takes you into what you, you know, it takes you into a, a 
place of relaxation, of inspiration. You you just feel so good, and you know that this space space place is very special to you. It's to me that is your frequency being raised when you're out in nature, and so everybody recognizes that. Everybody knows what it feels like when you're having just an amazingly good day and you feel everything is good with the world. Um, and, and so that's what it's like when you raise your frequency. Equally, if you're just really angry for some reason and it's like everything seems to be going wrong and yeah, so that is the opposite end of the spectrum. We've got Barbara Evans joining us today here on the big broadcast talking about the art of raising frequency. It's also called the Eden Method. Uh, how do you see the relationship between the Eden Method and uh, our divine blueprint? Well, I feel that everybody carries this divine blueprint, which has everything that we need to reach that potential, and that a lot of it is sleeping and that the Eden Method helps to awaken it, step by step, not all in one go, but it's like at, at manageable rates, we can step by step awaken that potential that we carry. And it can be absolutely life-changing. We've got Barbara Evans joining us today, talking about the Eden Method, the art of raising frequency. More information can be obtained at crystalwingshealingart.com. How can the Eden Method be integrated into one's life? Um, at many, many different levels. Um, one very simple level, um, I have created um, an inspirational card deck, um, which you know is easy to carry around with you. It's very inexpensive. There are 18 different image keys within it, and you can choose one every day. You can go to this inspirational card deck, shuffle the deck, and say, what, which card will most help me with my day-to-day? And choose a card and see what it says. And there's actually energy within these cards that help to shift our energetic frequency into that higher place. Um, and within the card deck, there's like, one of the cards has a larger picture and a keyword, and the other card has um, writing on it which captures the essence of the image. So, for example, I chose one while you were on the break um, for the listeners, and the card that came forward was balance. And balance is so important to us. And so, as you look at the word card, and the, the, it's as if the image is speaking to you. It says, I hold vibrations of balanced masculine and feminine energies. My purpose is to assist you to balance your energies of male and female, left and right, heart and mind. I invite you to integrate these balanced energies deep within the fabric of your being, as balance is a foundation of peace. It is time to balance your intuitive feminine dreaming with masculine action and manifestation. And creating balance with your own life is reflected out into the world and assists both personal and planetary healing. We've got a tremendous guest with us today. Barbara Evans joins us talking about uh, the Eden Method. Uh, how can the image keys be used to create uh, 
sacred space and how can the space be used for, uh, for instance, uh, raising consciousness? So um, you can do this with everything from the card deck up to large images, which are like artwork on the wall. So if you were using the larger images and wanted to create a special maybe meditation room or um, healing room or you you would, can place these images on the wall and just by their presence, they affect the energy within that space. And so every time somebody walks into that room, there's an energetic invitation for them to raise their frequency and raise their vibration. We've got Barbara Evans joining us today. The Eden Method is the amazing, amazing piece of business we're talking about here today. You have used the artistry and energies of the image keys as the basis of an inspirational card deck we were just talking about there, the environment cards. Um, How do do we get our hands on these, and uh, how how do we use them? They are um, available on my website, um, which is crystalwingshealingart.com. Um, you can buy them directly from there. And the beautiful thing is that they are so easy. And you just simply take a card every day. What is it that I need to know? Or if you face a challenge, something suddenly happens during the day, you go to the card deck and you say, what do I need to know now? And, and as you, you pick a card and you look at the word and you look at the, you find the partner card and see the essence the words, the message that is coming to you directly from this information, and it helps you shift the way in which you look at whatever it is that's happened and eases your way through that challenge during the day. Um, So I use them in both of those ways, and you can also use the card deck to create a sacred space where you might choose six or 12 cards and place them in a circle around your chair. And that creates an energetic cocoon for you while you're sitting on the chair. And it's perfect for meditation. It's perfect for when you're doing your journaling. It's perfect if you have a question that you want an answer to. So you sit in this energetic cocoon, ask your question, and see what inspirations come to you. And if you combine that with journaling at the same time, that seems perfect because then you don't miss things. And you can go back to them and look and see what it is that you wrote down in answer to your own question. We've got Barbara Evans joining us today talking about the Eden Method. Now, uh, have you gotten any type of criticisms or anything from, from people who have, who have either tried the system or, uh, or involved with the system, or, or has everything pretty much been positive? Um, we have had some absolutely tremendous um, feedback, um, particularly from people who are using the card deck every day. Um, it's interesting, some people have told me that there's a couple of people who've said to me, you know, I bought your book, but I haven't read it yet. And um, it's like, well, that's okay, because simply having <laughs> the book in your space yeah. is actually bringing the energy into your space. And um, I always tell the story that, you know, my sister received the book after it was published. Um, and she said to me a few weeks later, I haven't read it. But what I do is I pick it up and it's like I hug it and walk around with it. And it's like, that's perfect because you're actually receiving energy from the book by doing that, even though you're not 
reading the words that are written in five. We've got uh, Barbara Evans joining us today. The Eden Method is an amazing, amazing book. Now, uh, before we let you go, talk to me a little bit about uh, the website. The website um, has a lot of information. Um, there's lots of different pages to explore. It has our vision, my vision and mission, information about the different images, uh, information about the Eden Method, um, and then, of course, there is a shopping cart area where you can make purchases straight away. There's a gallery so that you look, can look at all of the different images and see which one like, almost jumps off the computer screen at you. Um, and if you are looking through them and it's like one really attracts your attention, then that is going to be a very good image for you to uh, ease into the Eden Method and bring it into your life. We've got Barbara Evans joining us today. Barbara, thanks for doing this. Uh, I really appreciated the conversation. Thanks for coming on and chatting with us today. That was great. I really enjoy being with you. Thank you. Definitely. We'll uh, check out the website, and uh, I appreciate it. Have yourself a wonderful week. Thank you. And Thank you, you too. much. Thanks. Yeah. Barbara Evans with us today here on the big broadcast. We've got more. We get back here on the world famous. Yeah. This is attorney advertising. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision. Should not be based solely upon advertising. Kurt Goza and Brad Honnold are responsible for the content of this advertisement. Attention. Call now if you've had an IVC filter placed in your body to prevent blood clots, as you may be at serious risk. The FDA warns that these filters may move or break, which may lead to heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, or even death. Call now for a free consultation. Since 2005, there have been over 1,000 problems reported to the FDA by consumers regarding IVC filters, such as fractures, tearing, device movement, blockage, and breaking of the device. If you or a loved one suffered serious health complications from an IVC filter which moved or broke, call us right now, as you may be entitled to compensation. Call 800-618-4110. That's 800-618-4110. Call now. 800-618-4110. This is attorney advertising. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision. Should not be based solely upon advertising. Kurt Goza and Brad Honnold are responsible for the content of this advertisement. Attention women. If you had a transvaginal mesh, bladder mesh, pelvic sling, or bladder sling implanted for pelvic organ prolapse or stress urinary incontinence and suffered serious injuries or complications, please call 800-625-0379 now as you may be entitled to a cash award. If you've had a mesh or sling device implanted and suffered serious injuries or complications such as device removal or or replacement surgery. Call 800-625-0379 now for a free consultation. One manufacturer has offered to pay $830 million to women harmed by these products. If you had a transvaginal mesh, bladder mesh, pelvic sling, or bladder sling implant and suffered serious injuries or complications, please call 800-625-0379 now. Cases are being settled right now. So call 800-625-0379. That's 800-625-0379. On today's Creation Moments Minute, we take another look at the amazing relationship between the snapping shrimp and a fish called the goby.
As we saw yesterday, the nearly blind shrimp relies on the goby much like a blind person relies on his seeing eye dog. The goby, however, relies on the safety of the complex tunnel system that the shrimp digs. The snapping shrimp, which is less than two inches long, can dig a system of tunnels covering several square feet within a few days. The burrow will have several entrances, as much as four feet apart. All lead to a chamber at the deepest point of the system. The creator has given both the goby and the shrimp different gifts they both need to live. If they did not share their gifts with each other, neither could survive. What gifts has the creator given you to share? For Creation Moments Minute, I'm Darren Marlar. You can find more at Facebook.com slash Creation Moments Minute. Back here on the big broadcast, we've got Christy Vogel with us today. Avoiding Obamacare is the topic, and Christy Vogel's with us. She's the sales and marketing expert, and you can get more information online about Christy Vogel. Uh, Christy, where, where is the best spot to get a hold of you? The best spot to get a hold of me is on our website at marketingdirection.com. Good stuff. We've got Christy Vogel with us today. Companies across America are making the decision to employ more part-time workers and independent contractors in lieu of complying with new mandates as a result of Obamacare. And uh, Christy, talk to me a little bit about how we can avoid Obamacare as a uh, as a company. <laughs> well, I tell you what, James, uh, we've got small business owners all across the country that are looking to figure out the best way to avoid. And I've you know I've heard quite a bit of different ways to avoid this scenario. As you said, uh, you're looking at uh, more part-time workers, so they're looking to take those full-time workers that, if you think about it, back in 2008, they've already had to cut the fat. So these full-time workers, in order to stay in business, are already working the jobs of one and a half to two individuals. So now they're going to have to try to figure out how to do this on a part-time basis in order for their employer not to have to pay for Obamacare for them. Um, other companies that I've talked to are looking at splitting their companies into two separate companies. Let's say they, they are a windows and doors manufacturer. Then they become a windows company and a door company. Of course, that's going to increase their, their overhead, but in the scheme of things, it, depending on how many employees they have, it's going to be less expensive for them to, to work that way. Um, but, of course, this is going to, this is going to cut their, their bottom line. So uh, small business owners are having to get very smart in what they're doing. Something else that I'm hearing, which um, I'm very concerned about because it's going to stunt the economy, um, is those business owners who have, let's say, 47 employees. James, let's, let's, let's say that you've got a business, you've got 47, 48 employees, and you're looking at 2013, and things are looking really good. You're, uh, let's say, a manufacturer, and you want to you grow that business. You're going to take another look, a second look, at growing that business if all of a sudden, if you hit more than 50 employees, you're going to have to be paying for Obamacare for all of those employees. So you're going, to, you're going to try to figure out every way that you can how to continue to grow without hiring more individuals. And I think because of that, we are going to see uh, those companies that are in growth mode, they're going to grow at a much slower pace. So it's just very concerning. 
We've got a tremendous guest with us today, Christy Vogel, the sales and marketing expert. You can get more information at marketingdirection.com. That's marketingdirection.com. What are the aspects of Obamacare that businesses are fighting against here? Well, quite frankly, if they have more than 50 employees, they are being forced to provide benefits for their for the employees that they have. And if they choose not to do this, then they will they'll have a fine for that. And the thing is, you know, a lot of these a lot of these small business owners, they're already providing benefits for their employees. But the thing is, under Obamacare, their rates stand to almost double. Um, for the benefits that they're paying. For example, right now for a 45-year-old male, your typical health insurance plan is about $3,000 a year. Under Obamacare, and keep in mind, this is at the lowest tier under the exchange, so this is the lowest level of coverage that you can receive, you're looking at $5,000 a year. So that's almost double. If you take a look at a family of four, Right now, they're paying about $6,000 a year. Under Obamacare, you're looking at $12,500 a year, again, at the lowest tier in the exchange. So small business owners, you know, they want to provide for their, their employees. But now, with the cost almost doubling, they're trying to figure out ways to, you know, how are we going to survive? How are we going to continue to make a profit when, when this cost is almost doubling? We've got a tremendous guest this day. Christy Vogel joins us. Uh, Christy Vogel is available online at marketingdirection.com. That's marketingdirection.com. She's a sales and marketing expert here talking about avoiding Obamacare. Where biz will businesses continue to hire part-time employees and independent contractors to circumvent the Obamacare policies? Oh, absolutely. I've, I've already seen it. I mean, with our business, what we do is we provide part-time marketing executives for those companies that need a VP of marketing but can't justify the cost. Before the election, we were primarily working with those small businesses who had not yet hired a VP of marketing, but they needed some kind of a marketing presence. I tell you what, the day after the election, we started hearing from small businesses who already had a vice president of marketing in place and were looking for ways to find, to be able to exchange that um, transition that position into an independent contractor or into a part-time position. And I'm hearing that more and more with, our, with uh, our clients, with small business owners across the country that I'm talking to on a daily basis. We've got Christy Vogel with us today, joining us here on the big broadcast, talking about marketingdirection.com, also avoiding Obamacare. Talk to me a little bit about marketingdirection.com. Well, as I mentioned before, what we're doing is uh, we provide part-time marketing executives for those companies who um, they, they need a marketing presence, but they don't want to put a six-figure income on their payroll in order to be able to have that marketing presence. So what we do is we provide uh, a marketing person at the executive level with 15-plus years experience, but for two days a week or up to two days a week. So we go in, we take a look at the company, we figure out what their needs are by spending some time with them, and then we offer them uh, someone on a part-time basis. But they function as their vice president of marketing. We've got Christy Vogel joining us today. MarketingDirection.com is the website. Avoiding Obamacare is the topic. How will this affect the overall employment rates? Well, we're already seeing a, a stunt in the overall employment rate. I mean, unemployment is um, the figures are, are 
too high to begin with. But based on, um, there's a lot of companies out there right now, and I'm not talking just small business, but even larger business who are sitting back and waiting to see exactly how this is going to impact them. Because with this document right now, I mean, we're looking at thousands and thousands of pages that we are trying to interpret as small business owners in order to understand how can we best um, how can we best work this so that we can still remain profitable. But then, like I said, you've got those larger businesses such as um, Maynard's Home Improvement. They are the third largest home improvement chain just behind Home Depot and Lowe's. Of course, they're not a small business. They're a larger business. However, they understand that the small business owners and the communities where they are looking to grow, the small business owners are sitting back and not expanding. They are sitting back and waiting to see what's going on. Therefore, Maynard's, who were, they were going to expand in Kansas City and in St. Louis, and they decided to sit back, even though they are in full growth mode, they decided to sit back and wait for that expansion to see what's going to happen. So to give you an idea, just one store that Maynard's opens, that's going to employ 250 full-time employees, not to mention your carpenters, your plumbers, your contractors who are going to construct those stores. So that's having a definite impact already on those individuals who could have been working on those projects. We've got a tremendous guest with us today. It is Christy Vogel, the sales and marketing expert. You can get more information at marketingdirection.com. That's marketingdirection.com. Are there any companies who have completely stopped hiring full-time employees uh, like the company you just mentioned? Well, you know, it's interesting, James, because um, you may have heard that previously Darden Restaurant had uh, started experimenting with uh, demoting their entire full-time staff to part-time. Um, ironically, uh, I, I think they got some pushback from the government because they've already decided to um, waive that and go back to their full-timers, and I think that's just because the publicity of it, um, it, it, it wasn't looking good for Obamacare, so I, I've got to figure that they're definitely getting some pushback from the government on that. Um, and that's, you know, you're, you're looking at even Darden restaurants, and of course they're with, uh, they've, they've got Red Lobster, Olive Garden, Longhorn, Capitol Grill, Season 52, to, to name a few. Um, they're certainly not a small business. However, they are function. They're having to look at the bottom line and to figure out how is it that they're going to keep that profit margin as high as they possibly can. And what's really interesting is that Darden Restaurants they had already provided healthcare benefits for their part-time employees. So they're they're looking, as I said, to function in a way that they can keep as high of a profit margin as possible and stay in business. We've got Christy Vogel with us today. MarketingDirection.com is the website. And, uh, Christy, thanks for doing this. I, I always enjoy the conversation, and uh, thanks for being with us today. It's always fun, James. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Have yourself a wonderful New Year, my friend. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-809-5785. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one -on -one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. 
If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-809-5785. That's 1-800-809-5785. This is attorney advertising. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision. Should not be based solely upon advertising. Kurt Goes and Brad Honnold are responsible for the content of this advertisement. Attention women. If you had a transvaginal mesh, bladder mesh, pelvic sling, or bladder sling implanted, or pelvic organ prolapse, or stress urinary incontinence, and suffered serious injuries or complications, please call 800-625-0379 now, as you may be entitled to a cash award. If you've had a mesh or sling device implanted, and suffered serious injuries or complications, such as device removal or or replacement surgery. Call 800-625-0379 now for a free consultation. One manufacturer has offered to pay $830 million to women harmed by these products. If you had a transvaginal mesh, bladder mesh, pelvic sling, or bladder sling implant, and suffered serious injuries or complications, please call 800-625-0379 now. Cases are being settled right now. So call 800-625-0379. That's 800-625-0379. Jiggy Jaguar. Neil Bortz with us today. He's if they put Fox News on, liberals will complain. Uh-huh. If they put CNN on, conservatives are going to complain. Jiggy Jaguar. We've got Tom Donahue with us today. I started to organize. Uh, no, not like Obama. Jiggy Jaguar. Publisher of Talkers Magazine, Michael Harrison. And uh, it's a lot of fun, and, and it's very informative, and uh, it, it does a lot of things. One, it, it's www.jiggyjaguar.com. I live alone and rarely have visitors. So when I slipped and fell in the kitchen last month and couldn't get to a phone, I knew I was in trouble. Help! I could barely move. Help! I tried calling for help, but no one could hear me. As I lay there, I couldn't help but think of my kids and grandkids having to go on without me. I was terrified. It took eight hours for my neighbor to find me. It could have been the end of me. That's when I knew I needed life alert. With just one press of this button, I'm connected to the Life Alert Center, where I can get the help I need, even when I cannot reach a phone. With Life Alert, I'm never alone. For a free Life Alert brochure, call 800-635-4993. That's 800-635-4993. Call now at 800-635-4993 to get a free brochure. 800-635-4993. This is attorney advertising. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision. Should not be based solely upon advertising. Kurt Goes and Brad Honnold are responsible for the content of this advertisement. Attention. Call now if you've had an IVC filter placed in your body to prevent blood clots, as you may be at serious risk. The FDA warns that these filters may move or break, which may lead to heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, or even death. Call now for a free consultation. Since 2005, there have been over 1,000 problems reported to the FDA by consumers regarding IVC filters, such as fractures, tearing, device movement, blockage, and breaking of the device. If you or a loved one suffered serious health complications from an IVC filter which moved or broke, call us right now, as you may be entitled to compensation. Call 800-618-4110. That's 800-618-4110. Call now. 800-618-4110. 
This is Jason Roberts with the Wealth Investors Minute. With the market's recent drop below 1900 on the S&P 500, it's time we take a good hard look at charts again to determine what the next support levels might be. We recently broke down below 1900 and are bouncing around that 1875 level. The charts illustrate a couple of areas that I'm focused on that could be the next resistant level. The S&P 500 chart shows that we could see the top of the next bounce around 1915. I'm very concerned that if we can't hold that the 1820 lows from last fall, we could see a sell-off down to 1500s. There are simply no real support levels over the last five years to hang your hat on. The truth is, I don't see anything until about the mid-1400s. That would be roughly a 25-30% to 30% decline, which is really going to hurt our retired listeners. Unfortunately, it feels like we're in a speculation phase versus a good investment phase, which is based on true market fundamentals. You have to use stop losses, folks. Wealth preservation is just as important as earning a return. This is Jason Roberts with the Wealth Investors Minute. world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it all the way live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I love I didn't that. know you were a term, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267-22-Jiggy. Daddy Bunny. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? It must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. Jeff. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey. I'm, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Holy smokes, we have a gigantic day lined up today here on the world-famous Cheeky Checkwire Radio Program, coast-to-coast and border-to-border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and, of course, 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world, iHeartRadio as well. From the KJAG Radio Studios in downtown Houston, Kansas, Monday through Friday. 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard. Of course, 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com. Our brand new free droid app is available, JiggyJaguar.us. Stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information all on our app. Or you can find it in the Google Play Store. Welcome to the big broadcast. Selected editions will appear on iHeartRadio and 50-plus AM FM stations in the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Network. Our telephone number is 267-22-JI-GGY. On-demand, commercial-free podcasts are available. $5 a month from our homepage. It's red-linked on the website, JiggyJaguar.com. The Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast is brought to you by, in this hour, by our fabulous, fabulous friends at Pac-Mail Phoenix. They're packing, shipping, crating, and freight solutions. That's right. Pack Mail Phoenix is conveniently located at the northeast corner of 32nd Street. That's right. And Bell Road in the Phrase Plaza. We actually went there when we were traveling through to go to Las Vegas because I had some things I had to, to drop off at Pack Mail. They did a hell of a deal. They got it set up. It was fantastic. They are the only packing and shipping business that you will ever need. Do you need to ship your fine art? How about packing and shipping an auction purchase? Does it need to be custom packed? You have come to the right place. They are the premier packing and shipping store in the Phoenix area, and they specialize in shipping valuable and hard-to-ship items. 
When you ship with PacMail, you get your choice of carriers, including UPS, FedEx, DHL, and USPS, as well as a variety of freight shipping companies. PacMail Phoenix is a full-service packing and shipping store, as well as a custom crating and freight shipping company. They are located in Phoenix and proudly serve the entire Phoenix Valley, including surrounding cities. Request a free online estimate or call them at 620, 602, sorry, 602. I'm just so excited. These guys are absolutely amazing. 602-971-2300. That's 602-971-2300. And tell them you heard about it here on the World Famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio Program here on AMFM247.com. Welcome back to the Jiggy Jaguar Show. I'm speaking with Big John McCarthy from the website BigJohnMcCarthy.com. He's also a legend in uh, mixed martial arts. Are you going to be roughing the uh, Gracie Hughes fight coming up on the 27th, or do you know yet? You know, right now I don't know. That's, uh, that's all up to the California State Athletic Commission. They're the ones that pick uh, what officials do what fights. You never know until you're there. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of the athletic commissions, uh, what do you? What did you guys used to do uh, before you guys had athletic commissions? Before you were sanctioned by athletic commissions? <laughs> we used to do it right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there we go. That's what I like to hear. Uh, you know, in all honesty, you know, you can sit there and you can talk about what athletic commissions do and stuff, but you know, athletic commissions are there for. Uh, for a good reason, and that is to keep people that are not doing things right from being able to go ahead and do what they want. Yeah. But when you, you talk about you know a show like UFC or if you went to another type of show like Pride, those organizations do things the right way. They're, they're classy in the way they do things. They take care of the fighters, make sure that the medicals are done. I mean, I mean back a long time ago, fighters were going through all kinds of medical requirements. There was all kinds of things that had to be done, they are taking care of them, you know, in a way that no one's going to take advantage of them as far as, well, you're not going to get your pay, or you're not going to get, you know, this, or, well, they're going to pull something on you. Well, we're, you know what, that was the guy you're supposed to fight, but we're going to switch it now 10 minutes before your fight. Yeah. And that, that happens with some organizations, and you need an athletic commission. For a really top-notch organization, our athletic commission is a necessary element, not truthfully, because Really, they go in there and there's not a lot for them to do because it's all done the right way from the beginning. But they are there, and so you work with them. Yeah. Well, uh, when you guys, going back to the first Ultimate Fighting Championship, which what did what were your impressions when you when you saw that? I know that you weren't involved in the first one. but I was there at the first one. Oh, I was really? The first one. Oh, yeah, I was there. I was helping out with uh, Hoist Gracie, in fact. And, uh... I helped Torian and Hoist during it, and I mean, I kind of had an idea of what I thought was going to happen. It kind of worked out that way, and I loved it because I loved, at the time, what was no rules fighting, as we would say, or no holds barred fighting. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the, uh, the, the referees in the first UFC, they were the, the most clueless guys I have ever oh, seen. No. See? Oh, look at that one. I love those guys. Those guys are my heroes. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get that? Like with the Shamrock thing. Shamrock tapped out, and I didn't even see it. You see, you can, you know, you, gotta, you, know, you, can, you can look at the upside of the pass. I look at it. I love those guys because I got a job. Because... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> those 
it, it just boggles the mind. I, I just, I just don't have a clue what the hell they were thinking. You know, it, it's funny. You can go back and you know, I knew who they were because they they did come from Brazil and they were they were part of you know the jujitsu uh, you know scene in Rio and stuff. They're, these guys they could roll. They were good. You know, they knew what they were looking at. They just it's a different mentality in the way they do things and they yeah. do things. You, you can go back and watch tapes and see those exact referees. I mean, taking a towel in their face while someone's getting beat on and throwing the towel back out. <laughs> yeah, that's just a different, you know, that's Brazil compared to the U.S. Yeah. Well, uh, going into UFC 2, I know that I've I've read some interviews on the Internet and other places that you weren't uh, exactly happy with the the whole referee situation where they wouldn't let you stop the fights. No. Well, you know, and it, I didn't go into it that long, but it was evident there were... 16 fighters involved in UFC 2, and so when the yeah. first uh, round of fights went off, you had eight fights going off, and it was quickly evident that, you know what, someone was going to get seriously hurt because we had people in there that truthfully did not belong, and they had corner people that had no idea what they were looking at, and they totally <laughs> believed in their fighter, yeah. and their fighter t- and their fighter would say things like, don't you ever think of throwing a towel, I'll come out and you know do something, and... So these people were not going to, and the only way for the fight to truly stop was they could tap out or the towel would be thrown in. Yeah. It was felt, you know, that, well, if your fight is knocked out, you're going to throw in the towel. Well, that's not quite the way it happened. No. There were two examples that come to mind when when I think about that, and that is the Patrick Smith-Scott Morris fight. Oh, yeah. Robert Lucarelli and Orlando Veet. Very good, man. You got them both. They just... <laughs> what were you thinking when uh, Veet, you know, was basically kicking the crap out of the guy, and then he took off, and then he came back in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, you know, it was, at the time, Horian had talked to me, and uh, Horian was running the show, and he told me, you know, John, I don't want you to stop this, because that was part of the way I got the job, is if you watch UFC 1, the referee stopped. The very first fight was Taylor Tooley versus yeah. Orlando uh, versus uh, Gerard Gardell. Gerard Gardell, yeah. He kicked and him in the head, and he stopped it. He stopped it, and that's not what was supposed to happen. So that's really the reason that, you know, things kind of changed along with a couple other things. But, you know, I told him, no problem. Well, then you've got Robert Lucarelli, and I had told the corners, if I see that your fighter is in trouble, I'm going to point to your corner, and I'm going to yell at you, watch your fighter. That's telling you that, you know what, your fighter's in trouble, you need to protect him. Yeah. And so that was, you know, in the rules of me, and went, okay, okay, well, I mean, I'm pointing to Robert Lucarelli's corner saying, watch your fighter, and then I'm yelling, throw the towel, throw the towel, and they're doing nothing. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm in trouble here. Yeah. i I, I got to make a decision. And it really happened with uh, the Robert Smith and, uh, Robert Morris and Pat Smith fight. Yeah. I I you I was yelling at uh, Robert Morris's corner to throw in the towel and he was with uh, Robert Busey International. Yeah, it's the ninja and, guys in Texas. Oh yeah, the ninja guys that threw their towel, looked at me and turned around, <laughs> threw their towel into the audience. Oh my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> Love those guys. Oh my god. Well well I know that uh, as UFC evolved, it seemed to be you're like tackling guys to get people off of 
each other. If you would have had the right, I guess, given to you to be able to stop the fight at UFC 2, would you possibly have jumped on Pat Smith, or would he just let him finish? Well, once it got to the point where he threw those elbows and you see that you know, Morris, Scott Morris is hurt to the yeah. point where he can't defend himself, he was up. You know, and all kinds of things happen. Guys go out and then they come back. But if you're unconscious and someone is hitting you, you got a big problem. Yeah. And you can't let that occur because, you know what, that is how you get people hurt. And that is how we were lucky that no one seriously got hurt and that the show was able to go on because of the fact that no one got hurt. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing. It could have been a lot worse. Oh, yeah, it could have been. And then, of course, fast forward to UFC 3 and UFC 4 where you had chemo. What the hell did you think of chemo when he came out with the cross on his back? Exactly. You know, it's just about your work. What the hell is he doing? Uh, he was, uh, it's funny because chemo was from, you know, the Garden Grove area at the time. He was really staying at Garden Grove, Huntington Beach. and Yeah. There was, there was a couple of guys I knew that were tra- kind of training a little with him, and then they were trying to set him up for, with a fight with a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, and they kind of pulled out of it and stuff. And it was, I thought, you know what, he's, uh, he's not going to be much of a fighter. But you know what? He, the, the man had heart. Yeah. He went with everything he had. So I was impressed. It was so, you know, a lot of people don't understand. That was at the Grady Cole Arena in North Carolina. It was about 95 degrees outside with about 100% humidity inside that place, which was supposed to hold about 3,500 people. There was 6,000 people in it. <laughs> and it was, honest to God, in that ring, it had to be 150 degrees. Wow. Under those lights. It was the hottest place I've ever been in my life. And I've been in places where it's 130-some degrees outside. It yeah. was brutal. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, just. Uh, I can see why Hoist's conditioning sort of gave out, you know, during that that fight, and you know, subsequent to I, I don't know what you'd call it with the Harold Howard thing, but because uh, you know, you guys were sweating like dogs in there, and now you know that you told me about the heat. Hell, that's hell of a lot worse. It was it was as hot a place as I've ever been. It was brutal. It was hard to breathe. That's yeah, and. And I remember Hoist was hurt for that. He had hurt his neck because yeah. I was training with him. And he had a bad neck, and he wasn't able to train the way he normally did. And, and because of everything coming together, that's what that's what cost him the inability to continue on. Yeah. Is it true that at UFC 4, there's been a, several rumors around the Internet for years, that the reason that Hoist got uh, Van Cleef in the first round was because Horion knew that Van Cleef really had no shot, and that if he'd put him in there with Hoist, Hoist would beat him and not brutalize him. Not true. Not true. Okay. Not true at all. Because <laughs> I, I just keep thinking if they would have put him in there with Hackney or somebody else, Van Cleef could have really got hurt. <laughs> no, the truth, the truth of the matter is there was only one fight ever in the UFC that was set up for Hoist. Really? And that was, that was his very first fight in the UFC against Art Jimerson, and it wasn't because it was Art Jimerson. It was they wanted to put the jiu-jitsu guy against a boxer. Ah. Because the Americans knew boxing. Yeah. They wanted to show that you know, a boxer 
from that point on, after UFC won, they would use like a almost like a bingo machine or a lottery yeah. machine. They would get they would assign numbers and they would put all the numbers inside of the machine and the ball would pop out and it would be if it was ball one and ball six, those guys would fight. Those guys would go at it. Wow. So it had nothing to do with. It. A lot of people say all oh, things were set up for them. That's just a lie. Yeah. Well, uh, something else coming out of uh, UFC four was. Dan the Beast Severin. One thing I've always wondered, just going with all the UFCs and all the time that Dan's been in there, what the hell does he say to you every time he gets in the ring? At, at one time, I I caught some of it on the audio from one of the ca- one of the cameras, and it was like some insane crap, and you just look at him and laugh and wander away. Oh yeah. Dan, you know, Dan was a funny guy, and we would always, and it wasn't, it started about UFC 5. Yeah. And he, uh, I will always say the same things to the fighters. I, I go through the same thing. I still say the same things to them, basically. And that's, you know what, that, you know, I tell them what, how I'm going to start the fight, where they need to be. I'm going to tell them to protect themselves, to obey my commands, things like that. Yeah. At the end of it, I always say, do you have any questions? And most fighters want to know. <laughs> they go on with their thing, and Dan would always, at this point, start to come up, well, John, if you had one train traveling from Chicago at 100 miles an hour, and one train traveling from New York at 100 miles an hour, how long would it take them to meet in, you know, and oh, that's that great. Dan, he would always come up with something. <laughs> that's great. It's kind of like when uh, Antonio Tover fought Roy Jones the last time, and they're like, do you have any, you have any questions, and Tover's like, you got any excuses tonight, Roy? Yeah, well, yeah. you know what? He was kind of right. <laughs> how, would, uh, how would somebody like Roy Jones, I, I realize that you've probably been asked this several times, but I, I, I realize that, you know, a boxer that has no clue what they're doing would get in there and, you know, get their ass hammered. If you were to take Roy and teach him jiu-jitsu, teach him some grappling, because I realize that it's probably – a lot easier to, t- well, I guess not really, to teach a, a boxer how to grapple, but teach him a little bit of wrestling. Would they be able to do anything, or would it be just like the old UFCs, like with Melton Bowen and some of these guys that just get taken down and get tapped? No, if you took a great boxer like a Roy Jones and you uh, put him into training and teach him, the first thing you want to teach him, everything you're teaching him is defense. You want to teach him how to keep from being taken down. Yeah. How to get underhooks, how to sprawl, how to do a wizard, how to do things that are going to keep him from going down on the ground. And then you want to teach him, if he ends up on the ground, this is how I want you to protect yourself, and this is how I want you to try to get up. And Because you, you don't want to sit there and try to go to guard and sit there and play another man's game. You want yeah. to take a chance to get up. Now, if you took six months and you worked with him and he worked it like he does his boxing, he would become a formidable person. Now, it doesn't mean that someone wouldn't be able to beat him. They could. Yeah. But you could make him a very scary guy because his stand-up is head and shoulders above what you're going to find most mixed martial artists. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's you, you look at some of the boxers they've had over time and the UFC and even pride to a certain extent, and they just, there's some of them that do well and then there's some of them that just don't. Art Jimerson's a real yeah. good example. <laughs> guys who don't <laughs> with um, with UFC 5 one more thing on that what was uh, I know that on the pay-per-view itself 
when John Hess made his comment, oh, he doesn't tap, he, you know, quittance for pussies, all that crap. And then he withdrew due to a hand injury. I noticed that Bruce Beck played it up a little bit about how he said he would never quit, and he dropped out. What was everybody's impression of John Hess, and why have we never seen him ever again besides, you know, in Super Brawl when Vitor dispatched him? Uh, truth of the matter is, John Hess was a hated man. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> Every fighter wanted John Hess. Really? You know, oh, he was not liked, he was hated. And you know, Dan Severn wanted him first. No Charles Warfers, but again, they did the same thing. It was that, you know, yeah, it was like a draw. Type draw. And he ended up getting Andy Anderson, who was not a fighter at all anyway. So. Yeah. Well, he's like the Lowe's Waldo of mixed martial arts. He is absolutely the worst. <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can look at any case, and there he is. Exactly. It's great. But uh, he, uh, he talked his way into uh, the UFC through Art Davey yeah. by uh, having a – he actually had a steakhouse. It was a uh, topless steakhouse in Texas. <laughs> I think he gave – Kyle, who... Moody 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 Moody
Oh, yeah. The only guy that went to UFC 6, uh, got beat, and then showed up in extreme fighting, and he was supposedly undefeated. Dude, I wish I could have a record like that. So. <laughs> That's great. You just, you just decide what fights that really didn't count. There you go. <laughs> With uh, Pat Smith, was he was was that a case like John S. Was he not really hurt? Did he just not want to go? Or ah, uh, yeah, yeah. He uh. He actually got into a thing with Tank Abbott in the back, and then Tank's people That's were great. after him. He was trying to just get out of Dodge. Two thugs pissed off at each other. That's great. <laughs> well, with the uh, the new UFC, there's there's all sorts of uh, it's the strangest thing that they they're so animos so much animosity on the internet with people. They fight back and forth between, oh, the new UFC's cool, the new UFC's crap. Why is it, why is it they, they don't say that about any of these other organizations? Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're going to say what they want, and there's people that don't like the UFC because they have perceptions about it. Yeah. They have perceptions that all the fighters don't get paid or this or that, and, you know, no one forces a fighter to go into the UFC. Yeah. No one sits there and twists his arm and says, oh, no, you got to do it. you got to <laughs> fight for me, and you can only fight for this. So, but, you know, people have perceptions of what's going on. They, they may not like Dana White or something like that, and so they decide, you know, I don't like the UFC. And that's okay. That's your choice. There's no yeah. problem. I have no problem with it. But the truth is the UFC, if there was no UFC, there would be no mixed martial arts in the United States. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the money that was put out to save MMA in the United States was put out by the UFC. Yeah. And if it was the Sangera, when they then they started to lose out, or Zufa. So, you know, the UFC has done has done itself, you know, right. It's now making the money that it should make. The fighters are making a lot of money. If you look at the top guys, trust me, they are making a lot of money. Oh yeah, it's more money. It's more money than people realize, and it's more money that they see coming out on the uh, athletic commission stuff. You know, because they're getting pay-per-view rights and they're getting money from that. They're doing very well. Yeah. Well, getting back to uh, some some of the things that have have gone on just recent or not recently, but like uh, for instance, Kurt Angle, the the WWE guy, the former Olympic gold medalist, he said on a couple of occasions. He wished he would have went to the UFC when he was offered a shot. And I've always wondered, and since you're a UFC guy, I'll ask you, what do you think his chances would have been in the old UFC and with the new UFC? Or would he just been just a no-name guy? No, no. Kurt Angle was an unbelievable wrestler. Yeah. Kurt Angle was an unbelievable athlete. Kurt Angle, if Kurt Angle would have taken up mixed martial arts, and done done it right, like a Randy Couture. Yeah, Kurt Angle could have been an animal. He could have been awesome. You know, he is an entertainer now with WWE, and you know what? That is fake stuff. It's a show. It's entertainment. Yeah. And, but you know, those guys do take a beating. But Kurt Angle is one guy that's there. If he had done it, and he had worked at being a mixed martial artist, he could have been fantastic. I think. Yeah. Well. Wow. He's just a, just a phenomenal athlete, and I know that, like I said several times, there's been things come out where he said, well, he wished he would have went with the UFC when he was offered a, an opportunity. Um, I wish he would have. Yeah, he's, he, yeah. 
He's great. He could. I think he could have been the Randy Couture of, you know, UFC instead of Randy Couture being Randy Couture. Um, <laughs> well, what do you think of these, uh, like, with the, the other organizations? Because I'm sure you, you watch, you know, Pride and King of the Cage and some of these guys. What do you think of real pro wrestling? Have you seen this stuff where they put the, the amateur wrestlers and they have them go at it? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, I, I came up with a wrestling background, so I enjoy it. But I, have, I have enough common sense to realize it's not what most people in the general public are going to, you know, buy into and start to follow. Yeah. And it, it's very hard. Uh, there's a reason why amateur wrestling doesn't get a great following. You know, it's, most people don't understand it, and they look at it like two men hugging themselves and, uh, spinning around, and since there isn't anything that a lot of people can identify with as far as the moves that they're doing and what they're doing, that it's hard for it. Everyone understands that a punch in the face hurts. Yeah. And you'll, you'll get a lot of people's interest because even if they've never been in a fight, they think, oh, that hurts. Ooh, so that's, that's real. But when it comes to amateur wrestling, if they've never been down on a mat or done anything, they, they just don't catch what's going on. Yeah. So... I don't know if it'll ever work. I enjoy watching the matches, but I don't think it'll ever catch on big. Yeah. Um, we're talking with Big John McCarthy of BigJohnMcCarthy.com, UFC 60. Hughes and Gracie, May 27th. What are your thoughts on that? You know what? It's, a, it's an interesting match. It's something that a lot of people sit there and they have different opinions about it, saying, oh, you know what? It's a stupid match. It shouldn't. It's not for the championship. It shouldn't be done. But there are so many people out there that know the name and know the person of Hoist Gracie. Oh, know yeah. The persona of. And they remember this guy who went out there and would fight bigger guys and would always win. And they believe in him. And, you know, I understand why they believe in him. I believed in him for a long time, and I still do. He, uh, he's got that persona that, you know what, he did really lose in the octagon. Now, and a lot of people believe that Hoist, Back then, was as good as it would get, and he could beat the people today. And maybe he can, and we're going to find out. Because no matter what, it's the same as, you know, if you have boxing. Could Joe Lewis have beaten Muhammad Ali, or would Muhammad Ali have beaten Joe Lewis? Yeah. Well, there's always got to be the passing of the torch. Now, somewhere along the way, it's going to happen, either through a retirement or through an actual battle and fight. Yeah. There's going to be that passing. And so this is a, this is the opportunity for people to see, has it really changed that much? Are these guys that much better today? Or can the guys who were really good in the past still all take out the guys of today? Yeah. Do you think, um, the, I'm assuming the Athletic Commission probably won't let Hoist wear his gi. No, he will not. He will not be allowed to wear his gi. That's not allowed by the State Athletic Commission. Yeah. Will he be able to uh, wear anything, like a rash guard or anything? I know that. Wow. You'll have shorts on just like everyone else. <laughs> that, that should be interesting to see. Hoist in shorts. That should be great. <laughs> that uh, will be. Something else, like with, we were talking earlier about Kurt Angle. What, do you, what are your impressions of Bob Sapp? Is he just all hype? or? Well, I mean, Bob's a great guy. Yeah. He's, he, he's as nice a man as you can find. He is just a superhuman being. He's super kind. He's funny as hell to be around. I really enjoy 
my Bob. Is he a real fighter? Well, you know, Bob has, he has physical elements about him that allow him to fight. Yeah. Is he, is he really skilled in what he does? No, Bob fits within a certain niche. And in Japan, you know, they put Bob out there and they like certain things, you know, that Bob has. They like his size. They like that, you know, the big guy against the small guy type things a lot. And so he, he works there. Yeah. If, if he came to the U.S., would Bob be as popular? No, because they're going to put him against guys that, you know, what have a good chance of beating Bob. And, I, you know, I've never fought Bob. I've never worked out with Bob. But I'm sure Bob, for, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes, Bob's a monster. He's strong. Oh, yeah. You know, but is he a top fighter? No, Bob's not a top fighter. He beats people a lot of times due to his size and strength and being able to bully people around. He can beat some people, but when it comes to the good people, it's always going to come out on the short end, I think. Yeah. Well, we've been talking with Big John McCarthy of BigJohnMcCarthy.com. Uh, the Ultimate Fighter, what are your impressions of that so far this season? Tito and Ken, that blood war. <laughs> I think it's been great. Tito just knows how to push Ken's buttons. Oh, man. That's <laughs> I, I, Don Fry seemed to know how to push Ken's buttons. It, it, it. Everyone pushes Ken's buttons. They know Ken's <laughs> away. Ken comes off sometimes as Ken is a really good person. Oh, yeah. Really. He, he's a real genuine guy. Oh, yeah. But he has, there's certain, you know, Ken is all about his pride and his his self-respect, and if he thinks that you're challenging it, Ken's going to come off on you, you know, and he, he always believes that Tito is going to screw with his pride or something. <laughs> so there's always going to be that, just that little bit of standing on the edge waiting for it to fall, there it goes, and it's going to be going off. Yeah. It, it's, I, one thing I've always thought was amazing is when, uh, I think, I don't know what UFC was, but when... Tito and Ken were getting in each other's face, and you just walked over, picked up Tito, and carried him across the octagon. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, great. The easiest way to keep two people from fighting is get one of them out of there. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it, it's it's been an amazing career. Do you ever plan on writing a book or anything? <laughs> you know what? There's a there's a writer that writes for mixed martial arts stuff right now. Uh, they're talking about doing a book, and yeah, I got some stories that people uh, they'll say oh, I didn't know it was that way. So it should be pretty good if it ever comes out. Yeah, well, that's cool. BigJohnMcCarthy.com is the website. The UFC 60. Hughes Gracie, May 27th, the Ultimate Fighter Thursdays at 10 Eastern, 10 Pacific on Spike TV. Uh, go to BigJohnMcCarthy.com and get your Big John gear. That's cool. You got shirts and all sorts of stuff on there. Yeah, they got all kinds of stuff. You got anything signed? Uh, yeah, there are. There is signed stuff. Yeah. They want signed stuff. That's cool. Well, I appreciate the interview, John. We'll have to have you back on eventually. And uh, I'll get you an email this evening and let you know where the interview's going to be posted and everything. And I just appreciate you making time for us. No problem, James. You take care of yourself. Oh, yeah, definitely. Have a good one, man. All right. All right. See you later. Bye.
Hello, I'm Dr. Lise Marie. Are you ready for an amazing brain product? Imagine if you could increase your concentration, be more productive, have a faster reaction to things around you, or task a hand, communicate more effectively and efficiently, make smarter decisions in less time with better results, keep track of many different ideas at once, and remember names and numbers and locations better than ever before. Then what you're looking for is Neurolon. Neurolon is a powerful brain pill. The sole purpose of Neurolon is to create more neuropathways in your brain to allow the best mental condition and performance. And as a doctor, I highly recommend Neurolon to anyone looking to increase their brain productivity. So for increased memory, sharpness, and clarity, go to www.neurolon.com. That's www.neurolon.com. N.com and order today. Thank you. Log on now to JiggyJaguar.com for the best in Jiggy gear. Hats, T-shirts, coasters, best of show CDs, and coming soon, dog T-shirts. So even clothing has gone to the dogs. JiggyJaguar.com Hi, this is Jiggy Jaguar here, and I wanted to recommend Vape Milk Premium E-Juice for our listeners who currently vape or who have uh, thought about starting. They are having a special 50% off coupon code for 120 milliliters of E-Juice. That's right, 50% off, which is $25 only. That's 120 milliliters with a coupon code VM120. Visit VapeMilk.com to win free bottles every Friday. Must be 18. Resident of the United States. Just join the newsletter and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at VapeMilk. That's V-A-P-E-M-I-L-K. They have five flavors. Melt. Pink Haze, Rio, Lush, and Paris. All flavor descriptions are on VapeMilk.com. If you need more information, check out VapeMilk.com. That's V-A-P-E-M-I-L-K.com. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. I live alone and rarely have visitors. So when I slipped and fell in the kitchen last month and couldn't get to a phone, I knew I was in trouble. I could barely move. Help! I tried calling for help, but no one could hear me. As I lay there, I couldn't help but think of my kids and grandkids having to go on without me. I was terrified. It took eight hours for my neighbor to find me. It could have been the end of me. That's when I knew I needed Life Alert. With just one press of this button, I'm connected to the Life Alert Center, where I can get the help I need, even when I cannot reach a phone. With Life Alert, I'm never alone. For a free Life Alert brochure, call 800-635-4993. That's 800-635-4993. Call now at 800-635-4993 to get a free brochure. 800-635-4993. It's a Minute Report for America. Serious attention is finally being paid to the crisis in mental health facing the United States. Many of the worst problems affecting communities across America, including mass shootings, violence on the street, and homelessness, are attributable to the change in the manner in which mental illness was handled by government. Representative Tim Murphy has introduced the Helping Families in Mental Health Crisis Act. According to Murphy, more than 11 million Americans have severe schizophrenia, 
bipolar disorder, and major depression, yet millions are going without treatment and families struggle to find care for loved ones. The federal government's approach to mental health has been a chaotic patchwork of antiquated programs and ineffective policies across numerous agencies. Journalist Resource reports that according to some estimates, as much as 50% of the U.S. prison population suffers from some form of mental illness. I'm Frank Furnish, read more at usagovpolicy.com. Coast to coast and border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, or Radio Loyalty Stitcher, and of course, 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world, iHeartRadio as well. We've got a great guest we're going to talk to here in a few moments. Thanks for joining us today here on our big program. Before we do that, let's tell you about one of our fantastic brand new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. It is an amazing new marketing campaign. They're raising funds to publish a book to help parents who have children with special needs. They also have a workshop, and they'll be providing the workshop for free and giving away as many books as they can to parents. The simple link to their Indiegogo campaign is Indiegogo.com. Search My IEP Journey. That's right. This is an amazing new Indiegogo campaign. Check out I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O dot com. Search My IEP Journey and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Um, He has expressed interest in doing a show, a live show, a daily live show on Talk Radio X. Is that the kid who called in the other day? No. He's, that was somebody else. He's someone who responded. To, oh, to the to the Facebook post. Yes. Oh, cool. So I would like to call Jiggy Jaguar because I'm How do you really spell? Jiggy Jaguar. <laughs> Jiggy... I'm trying to figure out what nationality that is. It's spelled J A G U A R, like you would say Jaguar. Uh huh. But he pronounces it Jaguar. Does he is he literate? He is uh, literate, and You've spoken. I have spoken to him, and he has most of his teeth. Hello, please state your name after the tone, and Google Voice will try to reach. James Well, Jiggy Jaguar. He said Jaguar. <laughs> Hi, Jiggy Jaguar. It's Jaguar. it's Antubert. I don't know what's going on. Operator. I'd like to make an international call, please. Hey, what's going on? Hi, I'm looking for Jiggy Jaguar, please. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming this is Antibird or whatever the heck. Jiggy Jaguar. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love those. I love that audience you have. They are so attentive. And they love you, Jiggy Jaguar. Uh, now, Jiggy Jaguar, I'm uh, live on the air right now with uh, another very famous uh, show host, uh, Gregory Blum. That's me. And uh, I'm supposed to write you an email, but I'm really bad with the emails, Ooh, oh. especially when I'm uh, emailing someone of your stature. So I thought I would chit-chat with you for a few minutes on the air, if that's do okay. You not, do you know who you're talking to exactly? This is Jiggy Jaguar. <laughs> yes, it is, but I'm... Okay, go go ahead. It's 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 your world. It's listen. It's not my Mr. Jaguar or Jiggy. What do we call you? Uh, You can call me everybody from uh, Jigman Freud to the social media journalist. It's whatever. whatever. All right. He's a a cunning linguist, right? (laughs) 
Thank you. I know. I, Thank you. I follow your work. The Jiggy Jaguar is synonymous with uh, internet radio. And a little birdie told me. A little birdie told Go me ahead. that you have expressed interest in bringing your unique brand of internet radio to Talk Radio X. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> no way. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, I'm very interested in this. Well, Jiggy Jaguar, uh, let me just first tell you, uh, <laughs> I had to call you because I have to make sure this is not a joke. Is, do, are you serious that you would my, be willing my, my, to... My, my, my request... My request or my show, what's your you talking about? Ah, uh, you see, Jiggy <laughs> always on top of it, Jiggy Jaguar. Jiggy Jaguar, I would like to know if you are serious, if you are serious... I love serious, the way you say my name. Uh, Jiggy Jaguar, is there <laughs> any other way that? to say it? <laughs> but Jiggy Jaguar, no. I, I would... It's, it's, like, it's like you're going to start talking to me about, like, Petticoat Junction or something. I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> Lots of curves, you bet. <laughs> Even more when you get to Jiggy Jaguar. <laughs> All right. Uh, are, Jiggy Jaguar, is it true that you would be willing to do a daily show on Talk Radio X? Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's He's a crazy. yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You don't even know what that entails, do you? Well, uh, I did a uh, several shows when I was on Alternacast back in the day. I was on at one point uh, because I wanted to beat that frickin' record and be the number one jock on their site. I was at one. I did a couple. Oh God, I don't know, three, four months straight of uh, four-hour shows every day, <laughs> which was a he little. Could odd. He, he could do it. He could do. He's a mutant. <laughs> He's a mutant. Thank you. That's the nicest thing I've been called all year, sir. Jiggy Jaguar, you could uh, you could bring your special talent to the audience of Talk Radio X. I think this is like a an explosive com combination. I think with your talent and our audience, I think we could make radio history. And my brains. That's of course. You know, once 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 I get there, if the audience hangs around and listens to me, but that that's fine. <laughs> now, uh, I understand that you would be willing to do a two-hour daily show. That's Monday through Friday. Is that right? Yes, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. And you won't be taking Fridays off, right? You would do an actual Monday through Friday. No, n not, 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 not that I know of. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I'm not Beck, and I'm not Stern. <laughs> right, thank you. And you're not Sir Daryl, and you're not Greg Blum, right? Hey. I'm busy. <laughs> uh, now, Jiggy Jaguar, this is so I'm awesome. Busy, but I'm not that busy. <laughs> wow. Now, we will work out the details uh, uh, through e email, but uh, I would like to have you start as soon as possible. Now, do you think it would be possible... To do a show, now we're dealing, I'm, I'm talking in Eastern Standard Time right now. Would you be willing to yeah, do a show uh, like 5 o'clock p.m. to 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time? 5 don't Eastern say, don't say to 7. Don't answer right away. Would, Think about it. <laughs> he's not you. He's not, he's right. He's, Greg, Greg Blum is very guarded. 
No, don't you know? Don't don't get into anything that you you don't get in over your head. Just think about it for a minute before you open your mouth. He sounds he sounds like Frank Catolo on steroids. I love that. I, that's, I don't even know who that is, but it's funny. Jiggy Jaguar. You don't even know who that is. I don't even know who it is, but he it's used to funny. Write for Wolfman Jack, he does a show on uh, Thursday nights called called uh, Catolo Chronicles. He's uh, he's he's kind of a hoot. Now, just to give uh, folks he's a background. Just, uh, just to give folks a, a little background. Now, I've talked to you more than two years ago. You are a, uh, I don't know what you would say. You are the, synonymous with internet radio. How long have you been working in internet radio, Jiggy Jaguar? Well, in internet radio, I've been doing internet radio since 2000. Actually, working in internet radio, um, never. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right. Well, doing internet radio. I've been around. I hear you, now. Jiggy Jaguar. I'm right with you, Jiggy Jaguar, on that one. <laughs> hey, Antibert. Yes. People in the chat room are already making up names for his show. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. That's a little urban. That's a little urban. Not a little with urban. It. With it. <laughs> Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with us. With jiggy. Get How's that? Getting jiggy that could with be the us. promo. That could be getting like a jiggy. promo. Yeah, getting jiggy with see, jiggy. See, see, what I what I would like people in the chat room to do is come up with nicknames. That that's what I always like. Is I have had some uh, over the years, like a, a psycho pervert from hell. Um, psycho pervert the one from hell. in America that no one takes serious. No um, one takes serious. I get that. Friend mm -hmm. friend on Facebook. <laughs> um, let's see, and then of course, uh, my uh, one of my image guys uh, refers to me as the leading cause of lesbianism in the entire world. Oh, I thought that was me. So. I thought that was your ex-wife, Jiggy. <laughs> <laughs> you do pay attention, don't you? I do brother? pay attention. Yes, I think his voice, Antibert. He's got a good radio. He's voice. got a great radio voice. A great radio voice, and uh, I was told by a program director in the year 2000 that I had a horrible radio voice. But I was also told the very same day uh, when I asked him why don't they have a website for the radio station, he said, "The internet is a fad; it'll be gone in two years." <laughs> yeah, I think I said that once. I said that. Well, listen, Jiggy uh, Jaguar, uh, we don't. Hello, I'm Dr. Lise Marie. Are you ready for an amazing brain product? Imagine if you could increase your concentration, be more productive, have a faster reaction to things around you, or task a hand, communicate more effectively and efficiently, make smarter decisions in less time with better results, keep track of many different ideas at once, and remember names and numbers and locations better than ever before. Then what you're looking for is Neurolon. Neurolon is a powerful brain pill. The sole purpose of Neurolon is to create more neuropathways in your brain to allow the best mental condition and performance. And as a doctor, I highly recommend Neurolon to anyone looking to increase their brain productivity. So for increased memory, sharpness, and clarity, go to www.neurolon.com. That's www.neurolon.com. And order today. Thank you. Hi, 
This is Jiggy Jaguar here, and I wanted to recommend Vape Milk Premium E-Juice for our listeners who currently vape or who have uh, thought about starting. They are having a special 50% off coupon code for 120 milliliters of E-Juice. That's right, 50% off, which is $25 only. That's 120 milliliters with a coupon code VM120. Visit vapemilk.com to win free bottles every Friday. Must be 18. Resident of the United States. Just join the newsletter and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Vape Milk. That's V-A-P-E-M-I-L-K. They have five flavors. Melt, Pink Haze, Rio, Lush, and Paris. All flavor descriptions are on VapeMilk.com. If you need more information, check out VapeMilk.com. That's V-A-P-E-M-I-L-K.com. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Corrupting the very fabric of society. Aggravating people worldwide. This is the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Network. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's Jiggy Jag with you today here on our big broadcast. We want to tell you about a great new marketing partner that we have today here on our big broadcast. This woman is doing some amazing work. We need to help her out today. Check out gogetfunding.com. She'd like to get a degree, get a good job, because she'd like to help her grandparents, too. Her grandparents were raised her for 12 years. The time will come slowly to help them. But now she works in three places. But she'd like to go to a university to learn marketing and web design at the Budapest Business School. Check it out today at gogetfunding.com slash dear-people-help-me-to-continue-my-life-and-achieve-my-dreams. And tell them you heard about it here on the radio program. On today's Creation Moments Minute, another hoax that's still found in most school textbooks. Found in most school textbooks, the hoax of the ever-upward progression of living organisms, including man. The journal Science has reported that paleobiologists re-evaluated all the fossil-bearing rocks that have been found over the last 180 years. What was their reaction after their new inventory? One scientist said, we may have been misled for 20 years. Another commented, for the first time, a large group of people is saying paleobiology has been making a mistake. Why are they reacting this way? They've had to conclude, on the basis of the fossil evidence, that they're never was an ever-upward progression of complexity of life forms as they had expected. The species that are represented in the fossil record show no evidence of the classic evolutionary development traditionally found in school textbooks. In short, the fossil record supports the Bible. For CreationMomentsMinute.com, I'm Darren Marlar. Jiggy Jaguar Radio Program. Raw and uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it all the way live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I love I didn't that. know you were the but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267-22-Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? It must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy, play guitar. Jeff, it's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. 
I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to hour number three of our world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio program today. We're going to get Dan Perkins on the line here with us in a few moments. Um, we have some breaking news. Apparently a big, big oil CEO has been killed in a fiery single car crash less than 24 hours after being federally indicted. Yes, nothing to see here, folks. We're going to get Don Mazzella and IQ Avrazoli on the phone here in a few moments. But let's do this. Let's pull up Mr. Dan Perkins on the Skype and see if we can bring him into our conversation today, talking uh, all sorts of different things today, probably also including this story as well. But um, Good afternoon. There's I was just Dan. Getting, ready to call, getting ready to call you. How are you, sir? I'm good. I have, got, we uh, missed you yesterday. See, this was the what was I, I? I didn't know if Chuck Morris actually got a hold of you guys or what the hell was going on. But I, I got. Go ahead. I do have Dan. One. I have Don, and I have IQ with us. And uh, a big story that was just reported a few moments ago that I want to get your guys' thoughts on, which is uh, just more of the shenanigans that is going on here um, in the state that. Uh, of Oklahoma, apparently a big oil CEO was killed in a fiery single car crash less than 24 hours after being federally indicted, and uh, apparently this uh, th- th- this gentleman uh, Aubrey McClendon, he's a former chief yes, executive of uh, uh, Chesapeake Energy. Yes, know him Ch- well. Yes, he uh, he died in a fiery car crash on Wednesday, the day after being indicted on federal antitrust charges. Uh, I find it a little strange that uh, he was indicted and then all of a sudden he was killed. Or, wait, mm-hmm. he had a fiery car crash. Sorry, I want to get the story right, IQ. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, um, what, what, what do you guys think about this? responsible for it. His words did not cause the crash. No, no. He, uh, he, was, he was known as the... Uh, he was known as either a pioneer of the U.S. shale oil industry boom or uh, derided as the king of fracking, But uh, depending on who you ask. But on Tuesday's indictment was not the first time he had some trouble with the law concerning uh, a profitable business practices and some other things. But I find it strange that um, he was, you know, in this single, single fiery car crash. It's like, this just looks so strange. Um... But um, I don't know. That, 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 that's just some breaking news here. Uh, we've got Dan Perkins yes. from TheHill.com, Donald Mazzella from SB Digest, and, of course, our good buddy IQ, Al Rizzoli. And uh, yesterday was Super Tuesday, and um, Donald Trump, the, the Trump train keeps rolling. Um, first of all, uh, IQ, well, what did you think about the fact that uh, Donald Trump now has picked up all sorts of uh, uh, states, basically, and delegates and all sorts of things? I, I like him. I don't approve of everything he says, but I like him because he is shaking the system. And the system has to be shaken completely and utterly. You have the most corrupt government in the history of the United States of America. And I'm not talking only about Obama, by the way. I'm talking about the whole of Congress. They're corrupt. It needs to be shaken. And the American public, a lot of, of them, I'm not saying majority of them, a lot of them are saying to themselves, we need change. Not change the way that uh, 
Barack Hussein Obama did. We need change, more patriotism, more nationalism, more security, more borders, less immigrants. I agree with that, 100%. I mean, I'm not talking about that Trump is a blossom or beautiful character, no. But from all of them, he's the only one who is saying things that the American people want to hear. By the way, you still have 40 to 50% of Americans being stupid. Anybody who elects a person like uh, Hillary Clinton must be stupid, must be stupid. And this is not racism. I don't know what about you guys, what do you think? Well, tell us, well, what do you really think about you and Dan only holding back on your opinion? That's right. I, I'm really surprised. You know? Well, let me let me let me let me jump in real quick, and then we'll get down on here. Um, I was listening to what IQ was saying, and I watched uh, the coverage last night, and I watched President Trump meet the press last night in his magnificent estate in Florida. He didn't have a campaign headquarters rally across the nation. He was standing at a podium, and he was answering. He was talking about the campaign. He congratulated Mr. Cruz. Took a little shot at Rubio, not winning anything, although he did win in the Liberal Minnesota caucus. But we saw a different Donald Trump last night than we've seen in a long time, and I think what we saw last night was the beginning of his understanding of the possibility that it might really happen, that he could wind up being President of the United States. I also think IQ is spot on because the diversity of his, his election in all the states that he won, and even in the states that he lost, his ability, his ability to um, capture vast segments of the population, whether it be women, young women, old women, boys, girls, uh, Hispanics, blacks. It doesn't capture them as much as the blacks as Hillary does, but Hillary doesn't really gather them. She basically, they vote for her because it's the democratic thing to do. But as I was listening to IQ talking about what he thought Mr. Trump perhaps offers, the reason why, and I've said this from the very beginning when in his first piece I wrote after he announced his presidency, what this country needs, and I know Don's going to disagree with me, but that's okay. He's older than I am, so I have to give him respect. Well, you didn't give me a chance to put my statement on there before you interrupted me. But go ahead. <laughs> sure, no problem. I'm about done anyway. What this country is looking for is a cowboy a Western cowboy who says, I'll stand up to the bad guys, I'll be your sheriff, I'll protect you, and we'll make this town a better place. That's what Trump is. Okay, Don, your turn. Well, three things. I was going to say for IQ, he hit the nail on the head when he said that um, um, uh, American people want to change. They voted for change with Obama eight years ago, and I don't know what, what happened to their minds four years ago. But the, but the, and, uh, what your comment just now about the sheriff is right. 
But if you look at all of those Westerns, the sheriffs know at the end of the day that they've got to leave. But uh, Donald, uh, in Donald Trump's case, he realized, oh, hell, I'm, I may actually win this thing. And now he's got to act like a candidate. Before, he had nothing to lose and everything to gain. And now he's at the point where he has everything to lose if he doesn't uh, smarten up. And perhaps this is the start of it. But uh, as someone said to me today uh, with, with Donald Trump, what you get, what you see is what you get. And what, what you have is a very mean-spirited man who will wilt on the campaign trail because people will get to know him, and once they get to know him, they will understand what a mean man he is. That's a direct quote from somebody who's worked for him for 20 years. That's my comment. Well, I, 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 if you don't mind, IQ, I'd like to take that. Um, I, I think that, uh, that maybe somebody who's worked with him for 20 years thinks he's a mean man. Um, maybe, maybe, Don, maybe what this country does need is, in addition to a cowboy, is they need a mean guy, a guy who's really pissed off, about why the American people have been treated, the way the government is not functioning, and the cor and the cor and the corruption that's out there, and they want somebody with an attitude to come in and make things different. No, you're, you're misinterpreting the word mean. Uh, Donald Trump is a mean-spirited man who, who does things vindictively, uh, who, who entered this race never expecting to be where he is now, and finding himself in a position where if he doesn't smarten up, he, he will lose it all. And then now he, he's, uh, as I said with Bernie Sanders a couple of weeks ago, it, when they start to smell the same, things change. And in this case, Donald Trump will change too. I still don't, don't believe uh, uh, that this uh, presidential nomination process is uh, finished. I think we still have a couple of more twists and turns. It looks more and more as if Donald Trump will be the candidate, but in the end, uh, he may be the worst candidate the Republicans could have put up and, and uh, open the door for the Democratic candidate, whoever that might be. Well, IQ, your turn. Yeah, jump in there, IQ. Look, I'm not an American. I don't know as much as you guys know. But from what I have seen and what I've heard, I honestly believe that Donald Trump will change. You're absolutely right, he will change. And he is growing up. And I don't like it when he uses bad language. I don't like it when he insults other people. He doesn't need to. If I were in his position, I don't need to shout and scream and insult other people. All I want to tell the American people, look, this, this is what I know. This is what I believe in. This is what I want America to be. I don't care what other people think. This is what I intend to do. He shouldn't insult other people. He shouldn't care about other people. He needs to have grassroots Americans, irrespective of color, irrespective of nationality, irrespective of belief system, and irrespective of political orientation. If he gets them, he will be president. But we'll see. I mean, we, we still have time. So far, I can't fault him too many times. Okay, he made stupid remarks, I understand. He contradicted himself. Obama has done infinitely more in seven and a half years or whatever than anybody I can think of in the presidency of the United States of America. And yet he got away with murder. 
He's still president. This is remarkable. He should have been impeached five times. He's still president. So as far as I'm concerned, any change better than Obama and better than Clinton. That's my opinion. Up to you guys. Let me ask you, let me ask you a question, IQ. Um, how will the Arab world react to a Donald Trump if he's president? You know what? Who gives a damn about the Arab world? <laughs> Do you honestly believe the Arab world is worried about Do Donald Trump? They're not worried about Donald Trump. They have major problems in their own homelands. Libya is dysfunctional. Iraq is dysfunctional. Yemen is dysfunctional. Syria is dysfunctional. Turkey is on a war path in confrontation with, the Soviet, with Russia, and they will lose catastrophically. The Iranians are uh, loggerheads with, uh, with Saudi Arabia, and now Pakistan is threatening Iran, that if they don't lay off Saudi Arabia, they will nuke them. They don't, who gives a damn about what the Arabs think? They're irrelevant well, now. At 25 or $20 well, a barrel, they're irrelevant. They have a lot of problems themselves. Donald Trump can win or lose only through the American people. And you know what? I've always said last seven years. If you want to make a change, you Americans, vote. Doesn't matter if you vote for him or you vote for him, but go out and vote. Show yourself. Prove that you are capable of voting. It's so important. All of you go out and vote. But vote. Then at least you can't blame anybody if anything goes wrong. Right. But this is this is one of the one of the part one other part of the Trump phenomenon that's going on in the United States today, IQ, is that we are seeing Republican turnouts like we haven't seen in generations. More people are coming out to vote in the Republican primary and caucuses are record numbers. Uh, while on the other hand the number of people coming out to vote in the Democratic primaries and the Democratic caucuses is lower than 2000 and 2008 and 2012. So that the, the Democrats appear to be not thrilled with their candidates, either one of them, but Trump has created, and, and they even mentioned this last night on several networks that I watched, is that one of the things that Trump has done has brought out and engaged people I did a I did an interview this morning in uh, in uh, uh, in Bellingham, Washington. The guy told me that yesterday he met a man who was 61 years of age and had never voted in a presidential election, and he was going to vote this time, and he was going to vote for Donald Trump. And when he asked why he finally decided to vote after 61 years of age. He said, I've had enough of what the hell's going on in Washington. 61 never voted in the presidential election, and now he's going to vote. He's going to vote for Donald Trump. I don't know how many people there are like that, but I believe that... I hope that those who are not voting for Clinton to vote for Trump, then he will wipe the floor with her. That's what you need. You need a complete wipeout. Well, the, Don and I. Go ahead, Don. Go ahead, Don. Don and I have been talking about this, and and we're 
we're talking about the the impact of of, of a Clinton Trump debate. And I said that O'Reilly said two nights ago that he thinks that clearly that Hillary will refuse a debate. And uh, Don's position is that uh, that the American people will not stand for that. And I said to him as a retort, but it's Hillary Clinton. She gets to do what she wants to do. And I think that the, if, if she refuses to debate, if the League of Women Voters cannot put together a couple of presidential and vice presidential debates for this election because Hillary stands in the way, um, I don't know what happens. I mean, if, if you don't get a chance to hear the two candidates head-to-head, and O'Reilly said he thinks that she's absolutely terrified of being on the same stage with him. Well, Which for is, Trump is a, is a great... A great uh, Dan, there, there is a survey coming out uh, in the next couple of days with, uh, asking the American people just that. And overwhelmingly, whether they're Republican or Democrat, say that the, the, the best way of judging candidates is by seeing them on the stage together. And, and that... Uh, uh, 39% of American people in the last election decided their vote based on the debate. Those are numbers that Hillary Clinton, uh, if she ignores them, will ignore them at her peril. Because uh, if it's uh, Donald Trump, if he's smart enough, what he do is uh, by national time, get up on a stage and have an empty podium right next to him labeled Hillary Clinton. And uh, That would be fantastic. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, just look, just Jim, just look at this, what's going on. My, it, uh, uh, as of last Friday, our household was split between Trump and Rubio. When my wife saw the way Rubio was acting at the debate, even more so than Cruz, and the way he's acted since the uh, since then through the, the Super Tuesday, she said, "I don't know this man. This is not the man that I I was thought was uh, the kind of man that I wanted for president." You were talking about somebody who's mean spirited, Don. Why, why did this guy change virtually overnight? And and there's there is discussion going on that the big money people in mainstream Republican Party have come to him and said, you know, uh, we've got to do something about Trump, and you're our guy to do it, but you got to win Florida, and if you do, we'll pour our kinds of money in, into your campaign. And so that, that, that the, 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 the viciousness that came out of Marco Rubio, I heard it again this morning. This man doesn't take a breath. He, he runs, he has a the longest run-on sentence of anybody giving a lecture that I know of. <laughs> that is awesome. You, you know, it's very, it's very interesting. You know, uh, IQ, we're taking over your show. But that's <laughs> <what>. <laughs> no, good God, I enjoy listening to you guys. You can take my show anytime. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have. Look, it's a four-way system. It's fantastic. It's lovely. <laughs> because... Uh, Dan and I are diverging a little bit in this election, and just to make it even, I'll bring my wife into it, who said just the opposite. She absolutely 
each time she sees Trump, gets more and more um, uh, uh, unenthusiastic about him. But the, the real problem is no candidate, either Republican or Democrat, has articulated a message for America. What does America stand for? Where does America want to go? How does it want to go? Does it do it? That is how presidents are elected. And it's gone back to uh, as late as uh, President Obama. Uh, one of the mistakes uh, in the uh, uh, last election is there was no articulation. We do not have somebody coming to us like Ronald Reagan did and saying, I see a greater America. I see it. And, and went out and proved it. Uh, we have Obama who said, I was going to bring it uh, all together again. And all he did is um, uh, split us further apart. Uh, but, but in this election, what we're hearing is who's saying what shouldn't be done, but no one is saying what should be done. That's that's my comment. Yeah, but see, I, I don't. I don't. I, I, with all due respect to my elder elder colleague, I don't agree with that. I mean, Mr. Trump has been very clear about what he wants to do about national security and the wall and the border. If you don't have a border, you don't have a freaking country, and uh, that's the problem. There, there's an article today on Drudge about the the, the huge increase of people coming into the country. Uh, the homeland security is, is leaving up open the gates with no they've opened the gates along the border with nobody there no border patrol just left them wide open they've cut their their drone traffic in half so when when you say he doesn't have a plan the first thing he's got to do is got to make america a country and you can't be a country you can't be a sovereign nation if you don't have a border and so the first thing and that's what that is the one issue that has galvanized people from all different walks of life to Mr. Trump. The issue that he says, I'm going to build a wall. And when he says that the other people have had a chance and they've talked about it for 10 years and they haven't built it, you can't trust them. That's a policy. That's a recommendation. That's a strategy. That's not what In addition... Building a wall or not building a wall along the Mexican border is not how this election is going to be uh, decided. It's going to be decided on two issues, the economy and ha uh, our place in the, wor in, the, in, the, in the world, neither one of which uh, Donald Trump... I, I really, I really believe that the, America, that the majority of the American people, I agree with you, it's about jobs, it's about progress, but I don't think... The vast majority of the people right now, given a choice between two about our role on the world stage or finding a way to bring this economy back to life and putting people to work, the latter is much more important than the farmer. And I don't think that a lot of Americans give a crap about right now foreign <laughs> policy. They're more concerned about, can I get a job? Can I keep a job? Can I feed my family? Can I have a certain amount of pride at what I'm doing in my work? And... That's been missing in the eight years of Obama. He unemployed us. We've got a report today from Don sent it to me. Almost 46 million people on food stamps. We've got 94 million people who have given up looking for week for work. These are the things, these, these are not, that's why I asked the question to IQ about what is the reaction 
in the in the Arab community to to Donald Trump, and they basically said, he said, I'm paraphrasing IQ. I don't really care. They don't care because they got their own problems to deal with. Well, so do we. Our biggest problem is we've got to restore the confidence of America that this is a great country. Well, not that we're not exceptional. Not that we're we're not all the things we're not supposed to be. All the things that we are. And you start off by putting people to work, finding jobs, and you give them security by defining your borders and keeping the bad guys out and going after the bad guys that are here. You make this place safe. You make it productive. People feel positive. Without that, I don't care about what we're thinking about right now about overseas. I'm more concerned about do we have somebody who can secure this nation, secure the border, begin the process to identify who the bad guys are, get them the hell out of the country, and find ways to generate opportunities for Americans to go back to work and not earn $15 an hour, but earn a good wage by making America great and having it growing again. We've got uh, Dan Perkins with us today from TheHill.com. We also have uh, Don Mazzella from SB Digest and our friend IQ Al Rizzoli. And um, IQ, uh, you mentioned something about uh, you, you, you're, you're not a fan of some of the things that, that Trump says, but you like the fact that he shakes up the system. With that in mind, uh, there was a report the other day that I just find absolutely hilarious that uh, there's some uh, Republican, I, I guess, big money guys that have said that, well, if, uh, if, if Trump becomes the nominee, uh, he's going to have to do what we say because he's going to need our research, our poll data, he's going to need our political money, he's going to need all these things. Um, with that in mind, what, what, what do you think about this, IQ? I think they can drop dead. <laughs> well, that's kind they of what I thought. With search, <laughs> they can drop dead with their research. Donald Trump is not going to depend on anybody. That's my opinion, obviously. Yes. He will create his own group. He has his own people. Look, Donald Trump was insulted by the by the, by Pope Francis by calling him unchristian for putting borders yep. and walls. And Donald Trump came back with the most beautiful answer. He told the Pope, "When you knock down the forty-foot <laughs> wall that you surround the Vatican with, I will not build it." Yep. Uh, the Pope didn't come back to him. <laughs> you know, this is hypocrisy. This is duplicity. When somebody is accusing another person of, of being unchristian for putting walls, these walls are to be put to protect America. A hundred percent. The most important thing is to protect America first, because illegal immigrants are going to suck that the blood of the people who are working and the people who have not got any jobs will have even less money and less medical care why because you've got to take care of the illegals 11 million people illegal is a huge number who will suffer the blacks will suffer black americans will suffer the people who are on the lower ranks will suffer this is obvious not even you don't even have to be a, a mathematical genius or an economic genius it's simple. Those illegals are coming in because they're worried that Trump will actually do what he says. 
The tragedy is you cannot have a nation with unsecured borders. I agree with Dan. You can't. Look what's happening in Europe. They are literally those invaders. They're not, Ill, they're not immigrants. They are invaders. They are literally breaking the fences. We separate one country from another and invading it. Well, I'll tell you what. I put it in a home. If somebody knocks at my door to be invited, and I invite them, fine. But if somebody breaks my door, the first thing I'll do, I'll put a bullet in their head. Very simple. It's not complicated. That's what's happening in Europe. Soon, I hope this month, I sincerely hope this month, Europe will go up in flames in the sense of the European people, the men and women in the street, will overthrow the governments. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it isn't. Because at the moment, a lot of Europeans are taking the law in their hands. Why? Because the police are not protecting them. The German police are not protecting the women of Germany. The German police are not protecting the children of Germany who are being molested by Muslim immigrants or invaders. They're not doing it. Because Merkel told them not to do it. Merkel and the news media in Europe are literally not telling the people what's happening. They are more criminal than the Muslims. But it will blow up. It is going to blow up. It's a pressure cooker. It's a pressure cooker without a valve, without a safety valve. And without a safety valve, you'll have a bomb. Wait and see. Maybe I'm wrong. I doubt it. But we'll, be, we'll wait and see. And it's going to be soon. It's not going to be soon. This year alone, can you believe it? We are now beginning of March. 140 to 160,000 immigrants, so-called immigrants. They are invaders. 98% of them are not Syrian. 85% of them are Muslim men of military age. Why are they fighting for their own country? Question number one. Question number two. Why are they coming to Europe? Why don't they go to the near, nearest Muslim Arab speaking country? Why? Why? Saudi Arabia said they will not take them because they're terrorists. Qatar said the same thing. Kuwait said the same thing. The Gulf states said the same thing. And yet the Europeans are taking them. So Europeans know less about these people than the Arabs and the Muslims. We'll see. We are facing a disaster. Europe is facing an incredible disaster. The doors are closing everywhere, by the way. Norway is closing its doors. Sweden is closing its doors. But it's closing its doors. They have 80,000 people they were supposed to transport out of uh, Sweden. 80,000. They don't know where they are now. Germany admitted only a few days ago they can't trace 130,000. Bullcrap. They lost over 500,000 people. But they're not telling the truth. So what, where did these 500,000 people go? They have to go somewhere. They've got to eat. They've got to live somewhere. They've got to have money. They've got to charge up their mobiles. They're more interested in their mobiles than anything else you can imagine. We are facing in Europe a catastrophe because I'm in Europe. Back to you. And America is going to suffer the same thing with more immigrants, so-called immigrants, being brought in by Obama, especially from Somalia. Somali Muslims, like other Muslims, will never integrate. Cannot integrate. It's impossible. That's all there is to it. They will, this is Islam. They won't, they won't, agree, 
they won't immigrate. They will, they will not assimilate into the American culture. They're not going to do that. Uh, at least not now. They're not going to do that. The other thing, Jim, I don't know whether you saw this article. It was about um, on Monday. Not a lot of fanfare, but you know, I live in in the in the the New York area as this dawn, and we have this Ellis Island, which was the place that people, the poor people, came when they immigrated from anywhere in the world. They went to Ellis Island, yeah, and they went through a series. And if they were sick, they got put in a holding area, and may or may not get in. And one of the things that the people were being tested were for during that immigration was sexually transmitted diseases. Yes. Home, Homeland Security is now considering issuing a revision to allow aliens to come into the United States who are active with syphilis or gonorrhea. That's and fantastic. so. Good Lord. Uh, it, 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 it just, you know, it, it's, we're, we're taking people in at any time. To follow up, IQ, on your comment about Western, about Europe, I did a piece recently that talked about, about, um, the pound sterling. As you know, I'm sure there's a, there's a, a vote on June, I think it's the 23rd, by the British people as to whether or not they want to leave the EU. And, um, when the Lord Mayor of London about a week ago decided that he was going to speak out on this issue, and he said, I think we should leave, the pound sterling dropped four cents in one day against the U.S. dollar. And it's still, uh, it's up maybe a penny since then. But the grievances that the, uh, that the, the, that brought about this referendum are all the things that you're talking about. And that the, the, the people are rebelling. And it's, it is a wonderful, that's probably the wrong word. It's a, a, a scary parallel of what's going on in Europe is going on in the, trying to go on in the United States. The Democrats are trying to, to quash it as much as they can. But the reaction that you're seeing, I believe, in America to the illegal, the, the, the border problem and everything else is the same issues that Europe is facing right now, uh, but with the potential vote, if, if, if England withdraws from the EU, they represent about 15% of the gross national product of the EU. question is, will other countries remove themselves from the EU? And as a, as a collective government entity, the EU will disappear. And I don't know whether you have any thoughts on that, Honestly, uh, that IQ. But yes, I believe that will happen. Yes, if England leaves, I believe that will happen. The Eastern Europeans have had enough also. Although they just joined, they realize it's, it's, it's a disaster. You see, the, the, the most powerful nation in Europe economically was Germany. Germany will not be a powerful nation anymore. Now that they have 1.1 million invasion, invaders and another maybe million coming this year, there is no chance in hell that they ha their economy will be able to cope. It is impossible because you have to absorb these people. You have to put them in places. You've got to educate them. You have to take care of their children. You have got to take care of their health. No amount of money 
is available to, to do that in the short. They, they say the latest estimate from Europe is 600 billion euros that we need to take care. Now, we talk about cataclysmic numbers. And take care of who? People who will never assimilate. People who will never integrate and people who will destroy Western civilization in Europe. That's all there is to it. And anybody listening who believes or thinks they know better, please call in. Tell us what you think. Now, so Don, let me ask you. Don, what, what, what do you think about all this, Mazella? I know, I know well, you're I jumping at the bit. I always like listening to IQ and Dan. Um, but I was going to uh, bring it closer to home. The, uh, uh, the the head of the taxi commission in New York City, well, first off, they abandoned the, the, the written test that used to require for taxi cab drivers. Now they want to uh, ban it and say that a taxi cab driver does not have to know English in order to be a taxi cab driver in New York City. Now, how ridiculous is that? But it's... Uh, part and parcel of what you two have been talking about, and it's a, a, perhaps an extreme case right now, but uh, if you remember in the beginning, uh, you almost never heard, uh, for English hit one, for Spanish hit two. Now it's uh, ubiquitous throughout the land, and pretty soon it's going to be that you won't have to learn English to do any of the, the things. And Dan also brought up a point last night on our show about... Um, the fact that um, these Muslims do not uh, vote, and and uh, one of the reasons is they're required to have uh, uh, some sort of identification, and they do not want to be uh, identified. Problem in New Jersey that just surfaced is just that that uh, there are uh, thousands of undocumented uh, immigrants who are demanding the right to go to the polls and, and vote yet will not, uh, excuse me, agree to um, have, uh, either a, a license plate or other uh, official and, uh, document. And that's the next step towards what you, both of you have been talking about, and which I agree with you wholeheartedly about. That's my comment. Well, just to follow up Don's comment, Jim, um, today New York City Council passed legislation and de Blasio the mayor of New York City has said he's going to sign it. It will no longer be a misdemeanor to defecate, urine, or be drunk and disorderly in New York City. <laughs> oh my God! Things just keep getting things just keep getting better for New Year's Eve next year in the Big Apple. <laughs> I just. You know, they've got to. They have. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I care. Are you kidding about this? No, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Do you know that one of the biggest challenges of the government, city government in San Francisco, and I know this is a. Uh, I'm trying to keep this as clean as possible, Jim. Yes. One of the biggest problems is human defecation on the streets. I would it's think everywhere. It would be. Yes, and 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 uh, um, they get trying to get people to clean it up, but it's it's so again. Why? Why? What is going on in this country, with from a political standpoint, 
that we allow people to urinate or defecate in the street in public with no consequences. And why do we why do we allow it to pile up in San Francisco, potentially potentially risking the lives of people, women and children and, and men, who have to deal with this on a daily basis? Where did the value system go? And I and I think that that's all part of the. It's all part of the anger process, Jim, that 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 Trump has latched latched onto, and and a lot of other people are in denial that it's a problem, you know. And and I think that that um, I go back to what I said earlier this, uh, in the show. Man, America's looking for a, looking for a cowboy. They're looking for a marshal to clean up the mess. And, and to put it back on its track of where it should be. You know, people are saying that, that Donald Trump is the death of political correctness. Amen. I'm glad that he's the, caused the death of, of, of political correctness. And, and on the idea that this, that everything has to be politically correct, it just, it just is, is a problem that I've had from the very beginning. And as I've seen, you know, should we have a free trade agreement that passes out participation trophies? I participated. Or should we have trade agreements that protect us, that protect the jobs and the opportunities? Or do we give the negotiators participation trophies because they, they were in the process? Not that they did a good job, but they got a participation trophy because they're part of the team. I do believe that Mr. Trump is correct that we have some of the wrong people negotiating some of our treaties and some of our agreements, especially trade agreements, with people who are bureaucrats who have no idea what the hell is going on in the world. And and it's it's a problem that continues to get worse and I, I just can't I just I keep thinking about the movie Network and, and Alec Guinness saying Walking over to his window and throwing up the window sill and up the window and saying, "I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore." And I think that's a good phrase of what's going on in the country with millions upon millions of people, regardless of race, creed, or color or political affiliation. They're just plain mad as hell and they don't want to do it anymore. Well, uh, Amen. Uh, uh, you're absolutely right. But uh, then, just imagine the headline: "Man run over while going to the bathroom." Think about the headline, and that's going to happen in San Francisco uh, very soon. And well, I, 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 I agree. Uh, you know, it's it's a very interesting point. What you're talking about is the break, you know, the breakdown in uh, the uh, what someone has called the manners of restraint how we restrain ourselves in deference to other people. You know, we have a society today where uh, restraining oneself is not the right thing to do. Our society used to be that restraining ourselves uh, and uh, w was the thing to do. It's unfortunate, uh, but it's changing, and I, uh, it's changing for the worst. Uh, I, we see it in everyday life, and we're going we're to see it more and more unless we have someone like Donald Trump. Uh, again, I, if Trump wins, I hope I'm wrong. 
uh, and uh, I'll be the first one to admit it. I just do not want to think Hillary Clinton is the answer for America. Well, let me let me take your comment and go to back to IQ and ask him a question. IQ, you know this 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 issue that Don's talking about is civility, uh, being sensitive to the other human being, not to the point that it's, it's as crazy as it is in the United States, but be respectful of other people's opinions, allow them to have opinions, which is not you're not allowed to have opinions under political correctness. But in your experience in the in the Arab world. How do people relate to each other? How do how do people interact? Are they as hostile as we we make ourselves to be in the United States, or is it a different culture, different way of treating each other? It's a different way. I'll tell you what it is. If you talk to an Arab or a Muslim, man to man or two to one, they will tell you the truth. When you have a group of them, they will lie because they don't trust each other. They are worried about what each other would think of them. Let me give you an example. If I'm talking to a Muslim, man to man, and we discuss Quran, let's say, he will admit there are verses that are wrong, there are verses which are aggressive, blah, blah, blah. He will admit that 100%, and no problem. When you're a group of 10, the same person will be attacking me for pointing out these verses. The same person. Because he is worried that if he agrees with me, they will call him an infidel, and they might hurt him. So it's really a herd mentality. There is no such thing as political correctness in Islam. It doesn't exist. There is no civility in Islam. None. When, if you go to memory, M-E-M-R-I, it's uh, the Middle East Media Research Institute. They carry maybe thousands of videos real life videos from Muslim countries. In 99% of debates going between two Muslims or two Arabs, they end up fighting with each other on television. They cannot communicate with each other. No Muslim will debate me. No Muslim will debate you. Man to man, will never happen. And if they do, either they shout at you, scream at you or threaten you, or maybe even attack you. Why? Because they can't defend their indefensible position. And that's what happens with them. When you corner them, but you're cornering them only in, with facts, they lose it. They lose it completely. Have you ever seen a demonstration by Muslims with anybody smiling? Never. Check the whole of YouTube in a, since 9-11 and show me a group of Muslims demonstrating who are smiling. You will never find that. They don't have a sense of humor. They take themselves very seriously. They honestly believe they are the best human beings ever created. They honestly believe that Muhammad was the best male ever created. Well, anybody who knows about Muhammad, actually knows about Muhammad, would know that he was the most despicable creature that was ever created. And I dare any Muslim to call in and prove me wrong. Back to you. So you think that the... that. I, mean, I, I I am amazed. I have to tell you, IQ, as I as I watch on television for most of my adult life, of the rampant destruction of of communities and towns and villages, not by us, but the inner inner war between people within a nation, the the destruction 
uh, of of home and property and 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 country the genocide that 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 people have brought upon themselves i have often wondered why is it that they they're such they're such i don't know angry is the right word why they're so devastating uh, and 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 punishment and and destruction is is it is it part of their upbringing that you know you destroy your neighbor? Is it because they might think he's an infidel? That's why they destroy. I mean, they, they look at Beirut in, in, in Lebanon and and, and all these. It, go ahead. They're unhappy people. Please remember, every male Muslim is prohibited prohibited from drinking, dancing, singing, playing musical instruments, playing chess, having sexual relationship outside of marriage. Um, he can't wear gold, he can't wear uh, silk. Now tell me, what is there left in their life? There's no happiness in their life. Every male Muslim is a psychopath. Not because he is a psychopath. No. Because he is brought up to hate everything. They disrespect their women. 750 million women in Islam are treated less than domestic animals. According to the United Nations, over 200 million women in Islam have suffered genital mutilation. So tell me where is the happiness, please. That's why they have no mercy. Muhammad had no mercy. The Quran has no mercy. There is no compassion in mo and mercy in the Quran. There is no love in the Quran. You will not find the word love the way we understand it in the way in the whole of the Quran. Again, I say, I know it sounds ridiculous or sounds outrageous, but try to prove me wrong, and the probability is zero. Why? Because I'm telling you the facts of life. This is what the Quran is all about. They are full of hate. Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, to, to uh, make your point, in today's New York Times, a bastion of liberalism, is a story of how one uh, Hamas uh, leader was killed because they thought he was homosexual. The, the, the front page story. <laughs> uh, Only because they didn't mind that he stole millions of dollars. They did mind that he was homosexual, <laughs> and, and he denied it. So, and they they, they killed him for it. But, so, it, it, <laughs> uh, so, so, so you're saying it was all right to be a thief, but don't 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 be gay. That's right. <laughs> it's okay to be a thief. Just don't be gay. Exactly. You know, uh, when I was when I was covering the Middle East, IQ. Uh, we, we were always yeah. told as reporters, get, people, get the men alone when they're alone and not in a crowd. Exactly your point. They were very different people than they were when there was a crowd. Uh, and you, also, you only got your information when they were by themselves. If there are two people, you never got any information. You're absolutely right. I'm telling you, so you're just corroborating what I'm saying. On man-to-man -man basis, he would confide in you because he will trust you. But the minute there is another Muslim with him, forget it. That's it, because they don't trust each other. Well, gentlemen, I, I hate to cut I everybody off, 
but we've got about two minutes left before before we're before we're going to get booted. So, um, Dan, uh, how do we get a hold of you? And then we'll let Don, and then we'll have IQ jump in there, and then we'll wrap it up here. Well, first of all, thanks thanks for having us on, and always uh, have a, a great time talking with IQ. He always it gives me plenty to think about. Uh, the books are The Brotherhood of the Red Nile. They're available at, at Amazon.com, and they're also available at Barnes & Noble. Um, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, but I think Don would say the same thing. If, you, if you've purchased a book, thank you very much. If you haven't purchased a book, please go buy one. But please write a review. Reviews help us as writers make sure that we're in contact with our, our readers. So... And you can go to the book website, which is danperkins.guru. And, of course, uh, uh, while we were sitting in the car today, I got a donation over PayPal for $3,000 for wow. Songs and Stories for Soldiers. Holy that sense. will buy 300 MP players for 300 soldiers. And thank you so much. It's amazing. Well, after that, it's hard to follow, follow anything in my face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, Don, follow that, baby. <laughs> the only way I can, which is hashtag2sbdigest.com, uh, and I, I would love to hear from anybody that's read the book. Even if they don't like it, the writer only learns from uh, people who don't like his work rather than from people who like it or don't say anything. Please, uh, and by the way, uh, listen at eight, uh, 8 o'clock every Tuesday um, uh, for our program, Two Guys from Verona. If you like what you heard t- today, we double it then. Talk <laughs> to you soon. Now, IQ, before we let you go, you're Googleable. You're you're the most anti-marketing person here. Yeah, just Google and literally A-L-R-A-S-S-O-O-L-I. Don't buy the Quran. <laughs> Google the Quran and read only the first nine chapters, not 114 of them. Only the first nine chapters. God bless you all. Talk to you next week, I hope. <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Jim, for inviting us. Very much. Have you? Have, you Thank guys you. have a good week. Now, uh, that is that. We are going to uh, take a break, and we got more coming up. Fantastic new marketing partner here on the EDM Music Hub, GoFundMe.com, slash Moats Family Home. That's right, this gentleman and his wife has always dreamed of being able to have a nice place and safe. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.